power on. Earth, 2018. The alliance between governments and tech giants has led to the rise of the surveillance society, distraction technology, the attention wars, and the erosion of your mind. But one show stands against this insidious system. Hosted by the podcast champion, the man of tomorrow, the golden stallion of the tech world, Brian Sovereign. He and his co-hosts form the intellectual resistance. It's time for Sovereign Tech. The Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star, ready for a little Sovereign Tech. This time is actually coming out on time this week. Of course, uh, if you listen to last week's episode, you find out uh, part of the reasons as to why I had a catastrophic failure of all kinds of equipment. It was just, it was absolutely insane. But fortunately, I wasn't alone and there were people to to uh, uh, ease my weary soul during that time. And those people are actually here with me. We were talking about it. We went to the, in fact, we got to talk about the comedy show that we went to. We definitely have to talk about that at some point here. But I am being joined by the lovely and hyper-intelligent Dr. Stephanie Murphy, the boss. Woo! Woo! Right on. Oh, yeah. I and, am the boss. That's right. And also being joined by uh, someone who runs one of my favorite podcasts out there. The podcast is called Iconosass. I've talked to, not a new thing to Sovereign Tech listeners, I've talked about it many times, but I have in studio, MK Lords. Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she bursts in like the Kool-Aid Brilliant. Man. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a family guy, she just kind of backs up a little bit. Right? <laughs> it's like, whoops. I was trying to channel uh, Randy Macho Savage. Man. Oh, little Macho Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, actually, this is a funny thing. So <laughs> I told Stephanie about this. Macho Man has, before he died, of course, he released uh, a rap album. And you'd think that, that this was crap, right? You, you'd, th- you'd think that this sucks. But actually, it's amazing. And, and we pl- I played it for Stephanie. I heard it. I was I, like, what is this? <laughs> I might have shared one song with you, too, MK, actually. I think now, okay, now I'm starting to remember this. Yeah, yeah. it was on social yeah. media. And, ah, but it's yes. an amazing thing. If people want to look it up, I think the album's called Be a Man. And you're not going to find it on the torrent sites. You're going to have to buy it. But for fuck's sake, you know? I mean, I know Macho's not here anymore, but... 
Rest in peace. Yeah, that's right. So thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah, because those help. <laughs> Snap into a slim gym. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I love macho. Anyway, I know I love macho too. Yeah, yeah. Good time. Three wrestling. I'm pretty fans sure here, MK actually. identifies as macho as macho man Randy Savage. I think I do. Yeah, I do. My, my inner macho. Macho yeah. sexuality. I don't macho know. Sexuality. <laughs> awesome. When someone asks fluid. you what your gender is and they don't put like a you know radio button, they have like a blank field. You just say Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. He went around after he got uh, after Miss Elizabeth and him kind of separated in in ring anyway. Uh, he he went around with a gal named Gorgeous George, and I thought it was awesome that the gal's name was George. I was like, mm. wow, uh, oh nice, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was pretty slick, especially for the '90s, early '90s. That was kind of a little ahead of its time but anyway we've got a lot to talk about but you two ladies now i wasn't here there for this and some people messaged me say oh we thought you'd be there you're always by stephanie's side what the fuck's going on here well some people you know as much as i always try to be by stephanie's side wait they said what the fuck is going on here why weren't you by my side (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't know people people get worried about this i think it is i think people are just waiting to like get to you Stephanie, they're you know waiting I mean? to get me alone. Yeah, they're like hoping. It's like, oh, Brian's not there. I mean, and it's not like I'm like all over you and just saying, oh, nobody's going to touch her. You know, I mean, I, guess that's not what? In my way. PSA: um, If Brian's not there, that does not mean I'm looking for another man. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It does not mean that. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, but but people were messaging me. Oh, I mean, a lot of it was nice, saying, oh, you know, it's a shame you weren't there. Blah blah blah. Uh, but other people both had very their these people had very kind things to say about both MK and, and you, Stephanie, uh, which is really nice. Yeah. It's yeah. always nice to hear nice things about me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it can be kind of 50 50 because so an, another event that I didn't attend that you went to, Stephanie, was uh, it was in Mexico. I'm just going to say that. And like there were I had guys messaging me saying, hey. Like, you know, we'll we'll keep an eye on Stephanie for you. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of like in a way that's kind of nice. And then another way it's like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) yeah, I find that a little bit creepy. Um, Like, I don't really need anyone to keep an eye on me. Thanks, though. She's a big, strong woman. She she is a very strong woman. Holy shit. Heck yeah. Let me tell you. (laughs) I mean, you keep up with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Strong woman. So anyway, you two did go to an event. Um and I, I don't know what the, and you can tell me what exactly the official name of this event was. It but... was the Internet of Money five years later. Okay. All right. Yes. So that's better than what I had in my head because I was calling it <laughs> One Night with Andreas Antonopoulos. And I was like, this sounds like an amazing porn. Ooh. And I'm sure he'd be all over it licking a sledgehammer, you know, the whole thing, right? But <laughs> uh, and yes. I, I say that with all love, you know, Andreas and I are good friends. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so this, this was a, a very, from what I heard about it, uh, this is a fantastic event. Uh, actually. It was. And, it was fantastic. It, it was and, amazing. Yeah, yes. it sounded like, and and I'll you know you, you two can tell me all about it, and we'll tell the listeners all about it because it sounded like one of those classic uh, uh, Bitcoin conferences, you know, like where it's really a community thing, and where you hear stories of like real shit being not not fintech companies getting supported, but like actual people getting helped that need actual help because of blockchain technology, decentralization, the ability to store your wealth yourself instead of, you know, relying on some other shithead. So, uh, I mean, all that sounds fantastic. So whoever wants to open up, I mean, tell me about this event. Give me the breakdown. Yeah, I'll go first. So for me, the event was um, really a dream come true. In Chicago. 
Yeah. Which that's saying something. Yeah. I, I've been to Chicago a number of times. I'm not the hugest fan of it, but I had a great time in Chicago this time. And part of it was because I was living out a dream of mine, which was like being on a live uh, onstage performance of a successful podcast that I've been a part of. And Let's that, talk that's, Bitcoin. of course, Let's Talk Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I've been on Let's Talk Bitcoin for five years. It was a project that I started and I can't believe it's been five years already that we've been doing the show. Like, Jesus Christ, that's crazy. But it was a project that I started at a really transitional time in my life when I had dropped out of med school after I finished my PhD. And uh, I was changing careers and I didn't exactly know what I was doing, but I knew I was, you know, trying to become a voice actor and trying to build up my podcasts and stuff like that. And I got the opportunity to be on this Bitcoin podcast. And at that time, I was really, really excited and interested about Bitcoin. Sure. And so I jumped at the chance. I said, yeah, that sounds great. Um, so, yeah, we started doing the show. We recorded a couple times a week and then it went to once a week and, um, you know, just became great friends and colleagues with Adam, Adam B. Levine, the host of the show, and Andreas Antonopoulos, the other host. And then Jonathan Mohan joined us just in the last year. But he's been great, a great addition to the crew as well. Really adds a lot to the show. And he yeah, has I mean, hot takes. He has, yeah. I'll give and him we that. all have hot takes, you know, um, it, but it works like we all sort of have our own little role on the show and it, it just works really well so yeah but I mean we ended up doing the show for five years and we're not stopping yet or anything like that but we realized that the fifth anniversary of our show was coming up and we talked about it like a couple of months ago and we said what are we going to do for our fifth anniversary show this is kind of a big one yeah. <laughs> and um, like we had sort of bounced around the idea of doing a live event and, you know, we talked about like, well, what if we did it in California? And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. That's kind of a far trip. What if we all kind of meet in the middle in Chicago? And Andreas was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Meanwhile, uh, he's very famous. He's the most famous person on the show, probably the biggest reach. And he actually um, is, is getting sick of like performing at other people's events and has been wanting to kind of start doing his own events on his own terms. Mm -hmm. He's sick of the, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I mean, I think he would say himself that he's sick of the, the sort of corporatization and the like sh weird shilly sponsorships yeah, of, straight. of that you see in all the Bitcoin conferences. And honestly, I noticed that too in 2014 and 15. And that's kind of why I stopped going to them. That's one of the reasons I stopped going to Bitcoin events, because they stopped being fun and they stopped being about community and things like that. And they started being about these sponsors that wanted to, like, scan your driver's license to comply with the regulations. And that was just like, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I kind of just dropped out and stopped going. But this event made me excited about, like, like if I could go to events like this, I would go. The funny thing, real quick, is that the last time I think the three of us were actually recording a Sovereign Tech was at an event. Mm -hmm. This one was in Vegas, where yes. we were very yeah. much saying the same thing. Yes. That, yeah, that's like, right. Oh, this is a yeah. great community style one. Somehow that works out. I don't know how that works out. But yeah, I can understand exactly what you're saying is that these the point being these are rare. Oh, uh, that, for sure. They and they're getting like even increasingly more rare. So yeah. And this was and, just a one day. Like this was literally one night. That, yeah. That's, that's a all one it was. day event. Right. And that was also in contrast to a lot of these other events you see that are usually two or three or maybe I don't think there's many that are four days, but they can kind of go on for days. And I experienced the same thing probably in like 2014, 2015, just getting burnt out on going to so many conferences. Well, and you've and even coordinated some. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I've organized two uh, conferences as well. Right. So I was really happy that they brought me on board for this event because it was something I had talked with Andreas about too because he had come to two of the 
um, events that I had organized in 2014. And he really liked them, and especially Coins in the Kingdom, he really liked the kind of community vibe of it. We were bringing in a lot of people who, uh, it was a really diverse lineup of people. Oh, yeah, I was one of them. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. Both both of you were there, and I, I really, I really loved the kind of vibe of that conference. But there was a lot of things that I would have done differently, and I've thought a lot about over the years since it's happened. And I think we kind of have uh, all of the same, very similar ideas in mind of like types of events we want, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was a more intimate event than a lot of other ones I'd been to intimate in that, like, it was a smaller amount. So there was, of course, the Let's Talk Bitcoin crew doing a live broadcast. Andreas did a keynote, Pamela Morgan emceed, and we had a giant amount of volunteers who really helped everything move really smoothly. Yeah. And we sold out. 700 people came to this event. The event The tickets sold out in four days. I can, yeah. think can you believe of, that? Yeah, I can think of some very lar- much larger, what I know to be like venue wise, significantly larger, like, you know, like a racetrack getting rented out or something. <laughs> yes. Where, uh, they didn't even get like 400 people. Yeah, like, I, I the mean, conferences whereas, I did only got maybe 300 each. Right. I mean, this is this is really impressive. Now, now MK, but by what, the way, your conferences were awesome. I enjoyed them too, oh, and yes. I did yeah. think they had a lot more of a community vibe than the other ones that we were attending at that time. For Definitely. Sure. Thank you. Noticeably. Thank you. So, MK, what was your, were you, like, head of security at this? Somewhat. So, Because um, I picture you just going around like Mr. Worf, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, you have a bat you. left ready to, like, you know. And a phaser. Yeah. <laughs> you got the sash, the whole thing. Here. Go ahead. So, I was brought on to enforce the conduct policy. So, the conduct policy we had for the event is something that Andreas requires at all of the events that he speaks at, which is basically an anti-sexual harassment policy. Right. And it says in so many ways words don't be a creepy asshole yep which is what you already can't do at most events where you're dealing with civilized adults yeah so um we just codified it and it we got it from geek feminism which is a group that uh is very active in encouraging more diversity at tech conferences and they also came up with this policy that's used at a pretty uh wide variety of tech conferences too so we adopted it for this and i was basically uh my official title was the duty officer and i came (laughs) up with the funny title the conducts are because i knew that i was going to get shit for you know being the um enforcement arm i guess right. of this policy you even had a man explain to you that your title was wrong didn't you yes yeah, so i made the title as, as kind of you know a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of joke and a uh, man who was sitting next to me during the intermission he was like oh you know come over here i want to tell you something he was an older man from russia and he was like actually it should be czarina instead of czar <laughs> <laughs> and he was really sweet about it though i think he just assumed your gender <laughs> he did assume my gender, but I wasn't even going to get into all of that. I was just like, you know what? This guy's just well, trying to be nice. And like he was he was actually very, very sweet about it. And we set the tone with this event, with that policy. And I think what it did, and, I, and by the way, I didn't have to kick anyone out. Everyone was super cool and nice. And we definitely drew in the right people for this event sure. and stood in contrast with two other events that were going on at the same time. There were other larger Bitcoin conferences going on in Chicago, too. Which I imagine actually that policy that you mentioned the no harassment policy and all that that being out in front and i think andreas just in my opinion andreas is well known for for like 
having to have this. Um, yes, fact, he I, came up with it, and he's the one who's really pushing it forward. And he won't speak at a conference unless they sign a contract. Exactly, and class. I know there's some events that have really wanted him to be there, and that they, have refused to implement that have the refused to implement yes. it, and so he won't go. And kudos to him. Yes, uh, some but, events that maybe start with a p. Well, p- yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah. uh, but in any case, like I think having that out in front kind of lends itself to you having a pretty good audience, you know, like yeah. having the crowd that you're looking for. Right. Because, again, this is right out in front and, and it's a big deal, which makes that little piece of paper or whatever you know it, it is, uh, I think, personally, very helpful. And I, I think it's wonderful. And I was doing a podcast with Pamela Morgan, who emceed the event uh, recently. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing. She's one of my favorite people yeah, ever. Just brilliant. She's just full of energy. She was a great MC, And we were talking about the policy. And uh, the way I like to think of it is it's not necessarily like I wouldn't use the term safe space to describe the event. I would say this is an unsafe space for predators. And yeah. that's kind of the tone we want to set and uh yeah and we didn't have any problems and uh even though i heard of some weird pe- several people messaged me saying some people had issues with it but no one directly came to me so uh you oh, know don't you hate it when I, I i kind of I, I think it's i think it's kind of hilarious actually because <laughs> i'm like i'm not a very intimidating person i i guess i come across as intimidating on the internet or something people have told me that but i'm not i mean anyone can message me and talk to me we can, like we can have a conversation like adults if you really have a problem yeah right with things yeah <laughs> yeah but we had no problems it was like a super sweet event <laughs> the thing i realized when we were talking about um the policy and like you know the concerns that people had about it like there were basically people complaining that it was like i don't know i guess like infringing on their right to be an asshole which technically i In guess a private is building, their really? right or to be like a weirdo a pervert you know like at a private event right but it's, it's like Okay, yes, I could see that there could be a problem with like free speech or like a chilling effect on free speech, I suppose. But on the other hand, like it's really like having a policy like that is is saying that we care more about the people who are going to be chilled out from going to this conference in the first place because they feel uncomfortable, you know, like the women who are going to get harassed. Sure. You know, who would feel uncomfortable if there was nothing said about it. And it's kind of like this tacit support of like, anyone can, yeah, anyone's free to say anything. There are no rules. Like there's harassment's just fine with us, right? Like, it's kind of a protection for those people and saying we care more about you coming to our conference, the you women, mm-hmm. than the people who are complaining about, oh, you're infringing on my right to be a jerk. Right. I don't care about those people's free speech, honestly. Like, I care, uh, I mean, generally broader <laughs> in the whole whether or not government's attacking free speech. I care about it in that sense. Yeah. But the people who are complaining about it don't really seem to get it and they're not necessarily the people we want there anyway well so and we had people from all around the world come to this event so we had people from hungary china ukraine russia um venezuela venezuela uh just all over the world people came for this event um so it was just it was amazing to see so even though it was only people. one day even though it was just like one day amazing that people came from so far just for a one day event mm-hmm. and, and as i understand it there were a lot of other like blockchain events going on or fintech events going on at the mm-hmm. same time and that's pretty impressive to you know still be that big of a draw when you know other i think it had with, more attendance than the, than those other events sure and maybe yeah. with, with broader schedules i mean i will say this quick about because i've been to some recent like conferences are very different 
today than than they were even just a few years ago and you mean bitcoin conferences or like any any, any tech kind of conference, conference bitcoin yeah. or otherwise and like now people just get jam-packed like i look at some of the just for varying reasons i end up like seeing kind of the speaker list for these things and i won't go into details as to why um but like there'll be a hundred speakers at an event and like what the fuck who the hell could do that you know in fact we yeah. might talk about that more when we talk about the comedy festival we went to. well because uh, so often like at these things the speakers are either paying right to, to be speakers they're they're basically sponsoring the event yeah yeah and buying the time to talk about their product that they can then sell to the audience and seem like an expert because they're a speaker right or they're speaking for free to establish you know or at no cost for free to the event at no cost to the event they're paying their own way and paying for their own accommodations to establish their cred as a speaker or whatever. Sure. So, and one yeah. quick point about the uh, sponsorship thing. Uh, this event didn't have any corporate sponsors whatsoever. Bravo. And instead, uh, we did a thing where we reverse sponsored tickets for people who couldn't afford to come to the event. So right. the tickets were only $40. And the kind of what we the principles we based this event on were equality, uh, security and community. Or safety and community. Sure. And so the equality part is, uh, you know, all the tickets are the same. They're all $40. If you, for some reason, can't afford to go, we did set aside a certain amount of tickets for people who were underprivileged who couldn't make it uh, or couldn't afford the $40. Um, so we were able to get a lot more people in uh, that way. And then, of course, the safety part is, you know, making a harassment-free zone. Um, not, you know, an anti-free speech zone. There was none of that. Everyone was freely speaking about everything. I mean, it was, it was great. Um, and then community, it was focused, uh, all the proceeds, um, from the event went to back to the Chicago Bob meetup, which is Bitcoin and open blockchain. Mm -hmm. And, uh, those people are great. They're, um, they've grown the meetup to, I believe it's like, it's thousands of people. Yeah, it's over a thousand the, people. Part of the meetup in Chicago. And they do events every month. They do a couple of events every month, educational events and social events. And they've been really, really active in the community there. So it's and also a lot of the organizers were also volunteers and really helped the event run super smoothly. So it was great to be able to give back to them and help their efforts to educate people. Sure. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, the, I really think that whole like attitude of the event was summed up. But we had this 11 year old kid ask us a really great question during um, the pot during the live Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast. And he was asking us like kind of about the what we think about the future of Bitcoin and how is it going to be different for his generation. And I just thought it was so cool because like we've I've never seen like a young kid at a, at a corporate like sponsored event. Obviously, it's not yeah. really a place for them. But like this was such a learning opportunity for him. Him, and it was such a cool thing for like a kid to go to with their parents or something you know i just thought it was like really cool that that the event created a climate where something like that would happen right yeah right. well i mean you know here, here's a, a little i mean I, I think both of you know this but like teenagers are already like i mean maybe not 11 years old but people not far off from that age between that age and 15 or whatever are already knee deep in this and i think there's i think there are probably more 13 year old millionaires in the world right now just because of cryptocurrencies <laughs> uh than there have ever been uh you know in, in planet earth's history i mean when you've got 15 year olds figuring out you know uh, exploits in ledger wallets uh i mean 
you know, if that, that, that story gave me so much hope for the future. I can't begin to tell you. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's really in- inspirational to hear. I mean, and, and absolutely that kid should be asking that question and saying, Hey, you know, like, what's this going to mean for me? Because it is going to be a big part of his life, I think. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. So, Okay, uh, a couple questions on this. So the the Let's Talk Bitcoin podcast, you did a live one. That's probably going to get released in the in the Let's Talk Bitcoin feed. I yeah, would assume. Yeah, that's going to be coming out really soon. On and it the went list. well. I thought it went so well, and sure. I just it it was a really a dream come true. It was nothing short of a dream come true to be on stage doing a live performance of a podcast, feeling so at ease. I felt so like at home up on that stage doing that podcast. Like right. I just felt so comfortable. It was so much fun. Like. I I loved every minute of it, and I hope we get another chance to do it again. But even if if not, like I goal met, you know, like <laughs> I yeah, can yeah, go yeah. home. It was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you did an amazing job, and everyone there was just so professional. And it is so fun to do a podcast in front of a live audience too. That's such a thrill. Yeah, and I still think Let's Talk Bitcoin is kind of the premier, you know, blockchain. Uh, uh, podcast out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's well-deserved, in, in my opinion, and I'm glad that it that it went well. Thank you. I mean, for anything to exist for five years in the Bitcoin and blockchain space is kind of a big deal. Oh, you sure. Know? Yeah, like, absolutely. There's just been so many fly-by-night things that are gone after yeah. so short of a time, I'm, even like huge projects, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm feeling like, shit, I, why didn't I do something for my five-year, you know, <laughs> with, with Sovereign Tech? Oh, but, yeah, well, I mean, there's now, more anniversaries but, uh, coming up. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll figure it out. But anyway, um, so... I want to ask this of both of you, uh, but like, was there something, was there like that 11 year old is an interesting one, but was there like a tidbit of information that you thought was really like fascinating that you didn't realize about the Bitcoin and blockchain space that was brought up there? Or was it all just like very, very inspirational stuff? I mean, Stephanie, you can go first. Um, well, so the 11 year old kid was one of the biggest highlights for me. Um, sure. Another highlight was meeting um, some these women from Venezuela who came up to us after the show, the the crew of the podcast, and want, they wanted to talk to Andreas, too. Uh-huh. And they said that they had used a cryptocurrency to help 50 families get out of Venezuela. Because obviously, it's like there's a real crisis going on there, like with the just with the, the, the government and like the hyperinflation of the currency and like the people are starving and it's like a really shitty situation. Right. And I mean, 50 families, they got 50, 50 families out of Venezuela with cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's what it's about. In my mind, and you told me about that earlier off air, um, that's really what it's about. Like uh, other, if you can't do that kind of stuff, then your technology is bullshit, you know? And, and I think that that's, I loved hearing that that went down. Yeah. I I think that that's the best. That was like Uh, the, the kind of thing we've been thinking about and talking about kind of in the abstract for a long time, but to see it, that it actually happened was, was really cool. I mean, at many of the events that you talked at, Stephanie, you've brought up the point countless times, like, well you know western union can't get to some places mm-hmm. this can yeah and you know f- fuck anybody if if they if they're not interested in, in being a part of that you know and, and and helping out you know getting money where it's needed and to the people that it's needed like i mean how many stories come out of saudi arabia all these other countries where women can finally actually have money because no one else knows about it you oh, know what yeah. i mean because they can mm-hmm. keep it on their you know whatever technology they're using to store their bitcoin or whatever yeah. uh, crypto they're afghanistan using. like the that sure. girls with code to inspire like yeah yeah i mean that's phenomenal so okay mk i mean like did you hear something there that like really on a really interesting or spoke to you you, you get my point i was gonna use that example so, so <laughs> <laughs> that's really i mean I, I would i would say that was 
one of the most impressive things sure. I heard. And that was exactly why I got into this technology in the first place, too. And it is interesting to kind of watch all of this, all of these discussions happening in the abstract and then be able to meet people who actually done it and right. and again it just kind of goes to show that this t- technology isn't necessarily for you know the first world kind of privileged people uh to use it to buy coffee or like just for trading or whatever like it has real value to as andreas always says the other six billion people right. in the world and it can be a very liberating technology and, and I, subversive in a good and way very subversive yeah and so it was just amazing to see that you know in real life like an example of uh, a lot of things that i've been interested in for a while and uh in some ways i don't know because i've kind of been in and out of the bitcoin space Uh, i like doing these kinds of events uh that we just did in chicago but for the most part i've kind of been out of the loop with a lot of things and i've been really questioning the kind of greater value of this technology to the rest of the world because of how inaccessible it is in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, um, just from being able to understand some basic security, like ways to secure cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I've had a lot of doubts about it, but this was one of those things that kind of reminded me of why I got into it in the first place. And so it just gave me a lot more hope and it was sure. really inspiring. Yeah. So the event overall, just its existence, like really. Yes. Yeah. Good vibes all around. Yeah. yeah I for really, sure. really loved it. Everything like worked so smoothly and i you know i don't think it could have gone any better really it was so great no that's that's awesome uh any any other thoughts yeah a couple more um just seeing the people who came i mean we already talked about how great they were and how much it was like you know a community event but it was just really interesting because like you you go to a lot of those 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 conferences right like the corporate sponsored ones and it's all like tech bros i mean like sorry to say it but like they're of a certain age range and ethnicity and demographic but like the just it was a lot more diverse group of people that came to this event yeah in terms of age you know Mm -hmm. like where they were from in the world like life experience all kinds of stuff so uh, i really liked seeing that because it it really did show like you know, there's all this hand wringing about like, oh, the diversity problems in Bitcoin. Well, no, they're like, it doesn't necessarily have a diversity program if you set the right tone for events and things like er, problem. If yeah. you set the tone right for events and encourage people to come, like all different kinds of people will come. Well, this is an inherent, real quick, this is an inherent issue with cryptography or, you know, cryptographic technologies. How about that? Is that if they're working, you shouldn't know, like, who's using it, you know, unless they mm. come forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, like, there's there's probably so many people that are, or, I mean, not even just people that need Bitcoin. Hell, you know, there's a lot of people that theorize the, you know, Bitcoin will never die because the government is one of the biggest users of Bitcoin for <laughs> laundering money around. You know what I mean? The CIA, stuff like this, right? I mean, that's getting, that's going down a, a bit of a different road. But the point being is that if, if this shit actually works... You, you shouldn't know who's using it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's there's something there. But did you have another point? Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to say was that um, after the show, somebody came up to me and said that one, that the favorite the favorite thing they heard all night 
or around the Let's Talk Bitcoin show was when I said we were talking about like Bitcoin regrets. Like, what have you bought for Bitcoin that you later regretted when the price of Bitcoin went up or something? And everybody had stories. I mean, there were like so many stories that we all had. We were having trouble like finding the biggest one, you know, to share with the audience. But my perspective on it was that like we shouldn't regret those things because they're all just stepping stones. Like, even the guy who bought two pizzas for 10,000 bitcoins and it was the first like you know bitcoin transaction ever recorded you know like he gets a lot of shit from everybody but he did an amazing service because he helped establish a price and that's just a starting point you know for someone had to do it first that's yes. that's crazy yes. to make fun of those guys exactly and he established that it had value and it was worth something whatever somebody was willing to trade it for which was at that time was two pizzas and then look where it's gone from there so i don't think we should we should feel regret about having spent Bitcoin or sold Bitcoin when it wasn't like at the very, very top that we've ever seen or whatever. I think it's all just like part of the process. Yeah. You know, even like Tim Draper, who says that who says that and now he's predicting in which he accurately predicted the price of Bitcoin in 2017, four years ago or, you know, four years previous, uh, you know, he's saying now in 2022, he's expecting it to be 250,000 a coin. But he's also saying, no, you should be spending it right now. You know, like, like there's, there's nothing wrong with spending it. You got to keep it using, you know, keep using it for even to be able to get to those heights. You know what I mean? You don't have to hodl all the time. So anyway, I mean, MK, any, any, any other thoughts about the event? Um, you know, I, I just want to say that I would love to participate in more events like that. Yeah. It made mm. me want to get back into event planning. <laughs> I was like, right. it was so much fun. And Everyone was just so positive and everyone was so hardworking, too. So I would definitely want to be a part of more events like that that are that have that kind of more intimate feel and are more focused on community. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I think a, a place where that can even happen more so will be because, in fact, you know, I'll, I'll ask both of you this question. Yeah. Uh, but like Bitcoin doesn't have to be, again, the only one right now. I don't yeah. know how much at this event there was talk beyond Bitcoin. Oh, I mean, there was a lot of talk. OK, about it, so yeah. it was very broad mm -hmm. as far as all that goes. That's good, um, because I think with a lot of the smaller cryptocurrencies or what are smaller now, uh, there's that opportunity for the for lack of a better phrase, community feels that I want as well. You know, like mm -hmm. like, you know, where, where it's really like people are just very passionate and excited and for all of the right reasons, because it helps and it empowers individuals and it helps people out around the world. Um, but so I guess my question is, here's here's a fun little little Bitcoin question to ask. I'll start with you, MK. How about that? Do you think that in let's pick a year? 2025 do you think bitcoin is still going to be the number one cryptocurrency just tossing it out there <laughs> you could get a lot bitcoin, of hate mail for this i think bitcoin will be around for a very long time because sure. of the way it's structured and the way that it's uh made and all that so i think you're i think bitcoin is probably always going to be around but 2025 is a long time yeah. from now it does it may not seem that long but i think it is especially with the rate of innovation we're seeing so i think it's very possible that we're going to see some other type of uh some you know other types of competition coming out i mean i've written on this i remember one of the earlier articles i wrote 
on Bitcoin when I was really uh, starting to understand it and I was really understanding its value and, uh, you know, what a technological innovation it really was, I still was maintaining that it's always possible that something better is going to come out. That's something we see with technology and that's something that was mentioned. I think Andreas mentioned this or it was it was maybe in a conversation we were all having at some point but uh, when it comes to technological innovations things don't maybe necessarily happen in nice neat little phases sometimes something bursts onto a market or bursts onto the scene that's so disruptive and so different and innovative than anything else that already exists that we can't even predict it so sure black swan event black swan event so i i think that that's definitely a huge possibility, you know, uh, yeah. that could happen in that time frame. So you're open to the idea that it won't be number one in 2025. Yeah, I, I am. Um, you know, it's possible that it could be, but it's, I don't know. I, I think things could change pretty quickly. Sure. But I do think Bitcoin will be around, and I think we're going to see um, even improvements to Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with that, that I think Bitcoin's going to be around for at least the triple digits as far as years go. Mm-hmm. Um Stephanie, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think 2025, is Bitcoin going to be number one or is something going to take its seat? So that's seven years from now. Yep. An eternity in the tech world. (laughs) Yes. It is. But I mean, think about seven years ago in 2011. Yeah. In 2011, we only had Bitcoin and nobody imagined things like Ethereum yet. But yeah, um, I wish they never did. But yet in the present day, Bitcoin (laughs) is is still dominant. Yeah. I mean, in some ways I (laughs) do, too. But I mean, it is kind of interesting to watch it, I guess. Right. I mean, even though we're not like the hugest fans. of Well, yeah, it's like watching a train wreck. I mean, it's (laughs) at times it is like how many people is it going to off as it goes off the rails. But I hope none. We hope not. Same. Same. Of course. But anyway, let me make my point. So. In case here I'm getting all dark humor on everybody. <laughs> the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Embracing it. So, like, seven years ago, my point is, seven years ago, we only had Bitcoin. And things have come along that at that time we couldn't have imagined, but they haven't taken the place of Bitcoin. So I think in another seven years... We not only will we still have Bitcoin, but yeah, Bitcoin will still be dominant for the purposes that it was originally um, intended for, which is um, disrupting the financial system as we know it, mm-hmm. disrupting the banks and disrupting the shitty things about fiat currency and all that. Um, I think that Bitcoin has such a solid first mover advantage at this point, and it's already established itself so well that nothing can really take its place. Yeah, um, uh, the aforementioned Tim Draper, and I talked about this on last week's episode of Sovereign Tech. I mean, he kind of said the same thing. He says Bitcoin's like Microsoft. It's just going to be there, and it's always going to be the backbone of everything. Yeah, well, nothing will take its place for certain purposes, but there there will be other things that that will adapt to other evolutionary niches, as Andreas likes to talk about. It's like a, it's almost like a Darwinian evolution where different cryptocurrencies, different software programs can evolve to fit different niches and different purposes but for the for the niche that bitcoin's in it is solid and it's not going away and it's not going to lose its advantage i don't think yeah i'm a big supporter of the idea and i have been for some time of like regional cryptocurrencies and things like this i i think that that that'll become more of a thing but um yeah no both great answers Mm -hmm. on that I, i like that a lot uh i mean i i'm kind of inclined to agree with both of you really uh i mean that that it could you know, it'll be here. I don't have any doubts on that. But as far mm-hmm. as uh, is it going to be number one? Well, I'm open to something 
you know, like maybe have, I guess, and what does number one mean? You know, higher valuation, whatever, things like this. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, so, uh, all right, we'll get into some other, um, we'll get into some other stories here in just a second. But while we're at it, you know, speaking of other cryptocurrencies and talking about one that has a hell of a community, because I consider myself a proud member of it, actually, uh, Zencash, folks, if you have not checked out Zencash yet, this is, you know, one of the things actually, MK, you're saying, you know, that, that could there be something like technologically superior to Bitcoin, you know, coming up, um, one of one of the art, you know, that could supersede it, an old argument that I heard was that the one thing that could become more popular than Bitcoin would be something that had anonymity really baked into it. Yeah. Well, here's along with Zcash and some other privacy coins. Zencash is one of those that uses ZK snarks. This is a genuine scientific cryptographic breakthrough. It excites the fuck out of me and it should excite the fuck out of you. Go to Zencash.com. They are a sovereign tech sponsor. They just recently uh, re-upped, which uh, I think speaks very big of them because, uh, boy, you want to ride with this horse. You're... <laughs> I, that's really you're putting your name in dangerous places so uh so i'm really honored by that but do check out zencash.com that's the website get on board with this right now i think it's at a very low low price but i'm not giving you investment advice so check them out and i thank them so much for being a sovereign tech sponsor do they have plans to do any kind of in-person events i don't know if they've done like zcash just recently started doing their own events mm. but i mean that's just recently mm. and they've only what a three years or well no not three i mean that TechCrunch story from 2014 that the, the history of zcash is a whole other thing i've been there for or i you know i've been following it for a while um but yeah i'm, I'm sure they'll get to that but right now they're bootstrapping on things and why the hell not you know like that's that's not a bad idea for them to do yeah sure right on. so yeah okay. but i'm very excited about it this is uh, you know a lot of the good things that that all of us were just talking about i think they actually my personal opinion they implement a lot of that mm. so all right uh want to get on some other stories sure ready to roll okay how about this one? Amazon now delivers packages to your car trunk. MK, what do you think? Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Is that an ooh Man, like I'm, ooh creepy or well, ooh? Like, I feel like Amazon Prime has already ruined me for anything else that could be delivered to me. Like it's ruined my <laughs> my expectations of when things should be delivered me to me, and my expectations of where things should be delivered to me. And I feel like this is. I mean, I just, I guess I don't really see, hmm, okay, no, I actually do see how it could be useful to some people, especially if you're, like, a nomadic person, like I am somewhat. Sure. You know, you might want something delivered to your car instead of to your friend's house. Maybe, you know, you don't want to be giving out your friend's address, or they don't want their address given out, or whatever. Maybe you can't get to an Amazon mailbox or something like that. Uh, it's a little creepy, It's a but it's a very Amazon thing to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Amazon, I don't think it would work with my car. My car is probably too old, and I don't know. I don't know. Trusting someone to access your vehicle like that um i don't know that's i guess that's the logical next step though for where you'd be delivering stuff um, sure well so i'm a little bit creeped out by it but i mean i see why amazon would do something like that and i see how it could be beneficial to people who you know are nomadic for certain reasons or maybe, i don't know maybe you have other reasons for wanting to to deliver things to your car maybe uh you're trying to surprise someone with a gift or something and i i don't know i, I guess i could see a lot of reasons why someone would want to do that yeah now you're you know like you say you're you're a digital nomad you know you're kind of all over the place and but you're you know you're hanging your hat pretty well in california for a bit here right for a bit, yeah it, yeah mm -hmm. yeah if i'm if, if it's not safe to say you know obviously i'd edit it but um 
anyway, the, like there they have in like those kind of in major cities and through much of California, you have what is the Amazon now or whatever they call oh, it, where like yeah. you get deliveries in 30 minutes. Yes. Literally, like a bike messenger comes by with your fucking package. Wow. California's ruined me with, for a lot of things. Sure, honestly. I can imagine, it's right? Like too easy. The future is to now. It's just shit. not evenly distributed. Yeah. 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 I mean, like to be able to get, I haven't, I haven't tried that service yet, but right. I know I could if I wanted to. And, uh, I mean, you can get just about anything delivered to you <laughs> in California. It's great. But yeah, being able to have something delivered to you in 30 minutes. I mean, yeah, talk about really ruining your expectations. Oh, for... fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like to order barely anything else online. Like, if anything takes longer than like three or four days to get to me, I'm like, oh, what is this bullshit? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right. spoiled. And I remember, again, just five years ago, like, this wasn't something that I even... <laughs> had any expectations yeah. what happened like i I don't know i uh well, <laughs> i just it's... remember back in my day <laughs> well that's the first thought that came to me when i saw this headline is i'm like you know i'm just picturing kids in the future going like man can you believe they used to just drop these packages off at your door like well i have to go to my door to get the package this shit should be right in my car when i leave work you know it could <laughs> be more secure too you know they could lock the vehicle for you as opposed to leaving i mean i've had things taken off of my doorstep and stuff too sure. even if you know it's coming to you and you're tracking it and all of that i mean maybe the time doesn't you know line up right and like you can't get there in time and i don't know someone swipes it so. well now you're getting to some of the stated reasons why amazon is doing this but stephanie i mean what do you think about this first blush when you hear it well, MK brings up a lot of good points. The first thing I thought was, oh, God, that's really creepy. Um, <laughs> but like you were saying, um, yeah, it actually is more secure to have a package locked in your car's trunk than it is to uh, leave it at your doorstep where anybody could walk by and swipe it and nab it off your porch. And there have been lots of problems with porch thieves. And so what is a, th a locking thing, like essentially a, a locker that most people uh, have with them pretty much at all times. Well, it's their car. I mean, so it's actually kind of a brilliant idea. Um, and also for nomadic people who don't have an address. And I was also thinking like, it's, 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 it is actually more private to give out your car's location than to give out your home address because your car yes. can move around, but your home cannot. <laughs> and so if anyone knows your home address, including Amazon or the mailman or whoever, um, I mean, I know MK, you've, you've had experiences with creepy mailmen, you know, <laughs> that you probably wouldn't <laughs> yes. want, like knowing your home address, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't really want anyone knowing where I'm at. at yeah, time. And of course. So, yeah. And like, I totally agree with you. Having a car, uh, saying, hey, this is where my car is at, but maybe not necessarily where I'm at permanently is a kind of great thing about being a digital nomad. For sure. sure. And I think like some people, you know, are very, they very much live in their cars. You know, they, they have a lot of stuff in their cars. They might even have their backseat like cluttered up with things. But some people, they keep their car absolutely clean. They don't leave bags or purses in their cars. And that's, a, I guess, a good, you know, measure to um, absolutely prevent theft, right? Is like, don't leave your bag in plain sight in the car, I guess. It's not your fault, obviously. It's not, not like victim blaming. But like, you know, the less stuff you have visible in your car, the less likely someone Someone's going to want to break in because they see that there's nothing there to take. So um, like, but if your trunk is obscured from view and some a delivery person can open your trunk and put a package in there, but it's not visible like in your actual car, that is actually like quite secure. Right. Right. Yeah. So 
there's not a whole ton of details on how exactly this works, um, but you have to have a car that's 2015 or newer, and the brands are Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, or Volvo. Okay, that so that's, well, that's that's the creepy part. Is like, what technology is this actually working off? Well, of? Cadillac's and- OnStar, or I mean, most a lot mm. of those I think are taking advantage of like OnStar, mm. and. I mean, I'm kind of shocked Tesla's not a part of this. Maybe that's because, you know, Tesla or Musk versus Bezos, which is, uh, you know, already a legendary rivalry in a very real sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, with Tesla, Tesla knows where you are all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in your car. Like, I mean, they know exactly where yeah. you are and where you've been. I uh, mean, shit, if they're going to track you through your car and your phone and your fucking GPS everywhere and the RFID tags in your clothing, unless you put it in the microwave, like, might as well get get a package out of it and deliver it to your car. You might as well get some convenience out well, of it. I mean, yeah, the thing, right. a few things. So, it, yeah, and, and I understand that. But I mean, so like, you're, do you feel favorable about this? Besides, besides the fact that it's Amazon, because that's instantly like, oh, God damn it. But, you know, no, I'm still I'm still processing through how exactly I feel about this. Like when I think about would I want to get a package delivered to my car, I think fuck no, that's weird. Like some weirdo's going to be going in my car. But then I'm like, okay, well, what's the alternative? Do I want to get a package delivered to my house, to my doorstep? Where it could get swiped off the doorstep. Where it could get swiped off the doorstep or where the delivery person like knows me better than anyone else and knows what kinds of boxes I'm getting right. every day. Like that, that seems creepy too. Yet I just blindly accept that. So maybe I need to think about my willingness to get packages delivered to my doorstep, you know, like maybe I need to do some critical thinking about that. Maybe it would be better to have it, um, to have someone have access to my car. I think the, the, the creepy thing to me is that there is remote, there's the possibility to grant somebody remote access to your car. Yeah, without them having your keys or anything like that. Exactly. Yes. Without them having your keys, somebody can press a button somewhere and someone can get remote access to your car. And will that be abused? Will they plant like shit in your car like that you don't want? Could you, could they sabotage your car? Could they turn? I mean, we already know that cars can be turned off remotely when there's like a police chase or something. If the car has equipped with OnStar, mm-hmm. they have this like anti-theft thing, but that could be sure. potentially turned against you if you're like some kind of badass that's like, you know, <laughs> trying to flee the country or something well, maybe for a good reason <laughs> you know like it i it, it technology is always a double-edged sword and it does make me uncomfortable that there could be like always have remote be, access but... granted to your vehicle yeah but at the same time and i feel like a house is something that you can't really do that with at least with like older houses that have physical analog keys unless someone's breaking in there's not like a button somebody can press and like unlock your house right but there is a button someone can press somewhere and unlock your car for the amazon delivery man and that to me freaks me out sure and i I think in a way one thing because i do agree with you um like you know how secure is this access, you know, whose hands is it really in and, and all of that, like, what are the, I guess, protocols for all of that. But also, for example, in some like smaller areas, you have, you, you see, you may see the same delivery guy at your house all the time, whether mm-hmm. it's like FedEx or UPS or USPS, you know, you're going to maybe see the same person. And that could be a bit of a security risk, especially if you're, a you know more public person mm-hmm. and you don't want people to necessarily know you as much so there is a bit more of anonymity with a vehicle so mm-hmm. that's just kind of one thing i'm thinking of because yeah i don't really 
Yeah, I, I'm, I guess I'm a bit, maybe I watch too much true crime stuff, but <laughs> I feel like weirded out, you know. Um, but again, I mean, I don't know, like, overall, you can probably trust the delivery man. I mean, it's I haven't ever had any weird problems in that area. And it is something we just kind of take for granted. Mm-hmm. But this is like you were saying, it's causing me to kind of rethink things, too. Because it's like, oh, wait, well, maybe this could be more secure more i mean it is really convenient too um but sure. yeah i'm very concerned with how they would handle that access and uh what goes along with that access yeah so does you know it could this fall into the hands of law enforcement at some point you know right if they decide they want to search your car before they deliver a package or something yeah, yeah. or they're curious about the contents of that package mm-hmm. sure which the nsa and and other alphabet soup organizations do on the regular already i mean right so um yeah now i mean last year amazon came out with amazon key which is this service effectively for your house where you you do replace the the keypad or you know the lock to your door and everything and they set up a camera and all this and a person can actually put the package in your house uh there had already been exploits against that to where they found oh no this is very easy for anybody to get into your house with um i mean granted like while I understand those concerns and those concerns need to be taken very seriously. At the same time, locks are only useful against honest people, you know, like, like they're really not, you know, it, most home security is bullshit. Most, not all, but, but a lot of it is, is crap. Yeah. Uh, but it's like an encrypted email, right? Like, yes like maybe someone could decrypt it if it's not like perfect encryption but it's harder for them to get in you know it's harder for them for someone to see it like don't make it easy for someone to just walk into your house right yeah i don't i don't know if there's if there's a better i don't know if there's a better door lock like like i I don't know that that exists well uh, any door lock um, what i'm saying is any door lock is better than leaving your door unlocked all the time oh sure sure it makes it a little easier but just a or i mean a little little harder but just a little i mean like i'm not saying it's fruitless to 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 lock your door i'm just saying that really it only works against more or less honest people and and you know busybodies uh i don't think it does much against an actual criminal i mean you know if 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 you ever take a course like in lock picking you realize just how futile a lot of that is sure i mean if someone's determined yeah but like busybodies are a lot of like oh, what yes. you need to worry about. Like. No, absolutely, absolutely. But we're talking about theft, you yeah. know. Like I, I mean, so sure. But I think the reality here is this has nothing about do- making things easier for you. This this is completely. And the article that I have, there's a link in the show notes for episode two seventy five. Which who can't believe this is episode two seventy five of Sovereign? Yeah, Holy shit. yeah, almost episode three hundred. Uh, but um, Anyway, you know, you can you can read the story, but the, the thing a lot of these stories aren't covering, and I think it's the same reason I talked about this some time ago when Amazon Key came out, was Amazon's losing a ton of money on, honestly, on, on dishonest people, quote unquote, I mean, whatever, but that are saying, oh, yeah, this package was stolen, and then Amazon just sends them another package mm. when, no, they got the package and they just kind of kept it. So mm. this is really Amazon's way of trying to control costs in my opinion um oh that's an interesting take on it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so i mean that that's that's where i think this is really coming down from is just amazon's trying i mean amazon and mk i loved what you said earlier like that this is a very amazon thing to do and (laughs) i agree with that because amazon as i've been saying for years is they're not a monopoly unlike some idiot in washington would say with funny hair um they're a monopsony okay they are they're trying to control distribution well this is one more you know 
nail in that coffin of, of being able to actually yeah. control distribution. And they can do it so well and they have so much clout, you know, that they can work with the car companies that no no other service is really going to be able to pull off um, unless it's, you know, like now there's that alliance between QVC and Walmart and all that. Maybe they could deliver something like that, but I don't I don't know that that that's that's a tall order. Um, but yeah, I you know, and, and to your point, Stephanie, like. I know, I know you're saying how technology is a double-edged sword. I, I don't think it always is because, you know, you can get a car that doesn't have a computer in it. Granted, it's getting harder and harder to find those that are still around, mm -hmm. you know, like pre-1982, if you want to go that far, um, or at the very least, you want to go pre-96. Um, but, you know, and then, then these kinds of things are, for what they are, impossible, you know. Um, granted... You know, like we were saying, locks don't stop everybody. And a Slim Jim is a pretty easy thing to use, you know, in the, in the front door of a car. Um, Stab and do a Slim Jim. Yeah. But I mean, but those, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've just come full circle. Yeah, uh, yes. Macho's got the answer Macho's for everything. Yeah. Macho's got it solved. Man. Anyway. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth, will you marry me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Craziest moment in TV history. So, um, but my point being is that, like, you know, you can avoid these kind of technological traps if this is a trap or a security risk that Amazon's doing here. Uh, but I get your point. I don't know. That, that's why, I mean, I don't own a car right now. You know, you're very gracious with yours, Stephanie. Um, like, if I did buy a car, I've, I've already talked about with about this with you many times i'd buy a pre-96 car yeah and honestly like well i'll just say it i'm scared to death of getting like assassinated i think people have been assassinated with you know where where literally cars have been taken control of and run you, into you're a tree. talking about that journalist that mysteriously yeah, crashed michael into a tree. Uh, it was a michael hastings yeah that sounds was that familiar. his name yeah something that like that was a weird story I very agree. strange really very strange. strange story and i i think he got i think he got offed you know, and, and well, anyway, I, I said it before. And so, and that's my opinion. That is not an opinion shared by the other co-hosts on this show. So <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's my own opinion on it, but regardless, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it. And in many ways, this makes sense. In many ways, I understand the convenience of this. And if you already have a car that's older, that's newer than 2015, why the fuck not? The thing's insecure anyway. You might as well let Amazon in as compared to somebody else. And there are yeah. advantages to getting your packages in there because, and because I, I know the like the concern that, well, what if somebody will just like break your window to get that package? Yeah, but you don't know what's in the package. Right, like you have no idea. You can right. be getting a coffee maker. And sometimes, like, why take the risk for that? Sometimes the trunk is completely like sealed. There's no windows into the trunk. Yeah, or they you have the little uh, yeah, right. uh, like the privacy not, shade. Yeah. yeah, the shade mm -hmm. that you can pull over it or something. I mean, mm -hmm. there there are genuine advantages to this. In the abstract, I like this. In yeah. the in the reality, I feel a little different. Right. But but I, I but I get it. So. Anyway, any any other thoughts on Amazon? No, we got so many interesting stories tonight. Yeah, we've yes. got we got plenty to get into. Well, I'll tell you if you um, if you want to get something delivered to you now, as much as great a guy as this guy is that runs this business, um, I don't think he'll get it delivered to to your trunk, uh, but. You want to get your hands on some gold, silver, platinum, palladium, some precious metals? Let me tell you where you want to go. 
Roberts and Roberts Brokerage. You want to go to their website, rrbi.co. You know, I got MK right here. MK knows oh, all yeah. about Roberts and Roberts Brokerage. <laughs> uh, one of my very best friends ever. And I actually got to see Tim in Chicago. Yeah, he recently. was there. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I, as I understand it, he said that, you know, Sovereign Tech listeners are, are really, you know, you're going, they're going to Roberts and Roberts Brokerage. I'm glad to hear that that's happening and everything. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, but he's just a sweetheart of a guy. And he's the full on tech geek. I mean, he's everything that, uh, you know that if you if you're a listener of Sovereign Tech, you want to deal with a guy like this because he he's just like you, you know, and and that's that's so awesome. Uh, yeah, Roberts Roberts Broker is just one of the best businesses in the world. Would you agree with that statement, MK? Absolutely. Damn I worked right. with Tim for four years, and yeah. he remains one of my best friends ever. And uh, yeah, just super solid guy, super big sweetheart, and sure. uh, yeah, just one of the best people I know. Yeah. And his business top notch. Uh, So and again, you want to. And also it's Bitcoin preferred Roberts and Roberts brokerage. Yes. Which is fucking awesome. So, uh, you know, you want to diversify your wealth. You want to get you want to hold some of your wealth in your hands. Have it solid. You know, there's arguments for all kinds for cryptocurrencies and all this different stuff. There's great arguments for precious metals. So, you know, have a little bit of each. Do so. Go to RRBI.co. That's the website. Roberts and Roberts brokerage. And I thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Woo. Woo. So speaking of uh, accepting cryptocurrencies, like we just mentioned, a new company started, a major company started accepting cryptocurrency. I mean, this is this is big, big news. Can you guess which company I'm talking about? Oh, who is it? Is it like Walmart? Is it like Bed Bath & Beyond? No, no, like... no. The Walmart might be kind of close to this. Is it the Beyond section of Bed Bath & Beyond? <laughs> beyond coin. There's there's Bitcoin super, uh, or the, the one that'll supersede Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, Pornhub. All right. Woo, how about that? What? Who pays for anything? Who pays Pornhub for anything? Well, right. I don't know about this because I don't. <laughs> right. Like I don't watch porn, but like I thought that like Pornhub was free, and that was the whole reason it was so popular. Yeah. Well, let's read a little bit here. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons Pornhub is popular, and almost none of it has to do with any kind of monetary exchange. Like, real quick, Pornhub has kind of become like YouTube in a very real sense for like amateur porn stars. I mean, like really not, not people that even live in, you know, Van Nuys or something like really, really amateur in South Dakota, you know, kind of porn stars Mm -hmm. that they create followings, you know, a a gal has, I don't know, you know, huge tits or whatever. And, and like, she can become kind of like the angry video game nerd of, of Pornhub. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean yeah. she really, and I say that with sure. respect because I think it's tremendous entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, like, I really think it's phenomenal. I've talked about it before on the show. Um, oh, I've actually been sure, tempted yeah. to get some of these, you know, like ask, like, hey, would you want to be on the show? Like, I'm curious how all this works because this is really a new, a new niche. You know, I mean, this is real, genuine homegrown porn. Um, but anyway, let me read a little bit of the story. And then because they're not accepting Bitcoin which might come off as weird. And in fact, what they are accepting, I've never really heard of before. So I'm reading the story from The Verge, which is ironic, and you'll see why in a second. So Pornhub has started accepting cryptocurrency as a payment option. The company announced today, this, uh, and this is from earlier in April, uh, yeah, April 17th, 2018. The site now accepts Verge cryptocurrency, no relation to the Verge. So have either of you heard of Verge? I have not. I've heard of it, I've but I don't Verge. know anything about it. Okay. Wait, well, wait, wait. I've heard of Verge, the publication. Yeah, this is right. I haven't heard of Verge. The cryptocurrency. Yeah. Okay. So Stephanie, you have heard of the cryptocurrency Verge. Yeah, I've heard about it, but that's all. Like, I literally don't know anything else about it. Yeah, I can imagine its price must have gone up 
pretty significantly. Probably. Oh, yeah. Pornhub is accepting it. it, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty big. That's the ultimate pump. Right yeah, right, right, right. That is, that's the ultimate. You know what that pump. is? That's a penis pump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, no dump uh, unless you're into that sort of thing. But <laughs> I don't know. You know. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, I used to love. I love when people talk about eschatology, and then every time I hear that, I'm just like, "What did you just say? Eschatology?" <laughs> but uh, what is eschatology? Eschatology has to do with. Um, well, you know what? All right. I'm going to go to DuckDuckGo really fast. And this is a, eschatology is a religious term. Uh, the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. So eschatology is like revelation and, and stuff yeah. like this. It's not like the the fetish of like poop. Right. But anytime, anytime when I was a Christian, anytime somebody is like, yeah, this is eschatological. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Because I'm expecting them. Yeah, you know, I, I thought I like a lot of times I thought I heard them say eschatology, just like uh, another religious term is exegesis. And it's like, did you say exit Jesus? Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, a little side note there. Um, let's uh, let's read on. So Verge. So Stephanie's heard of it. MK and I have not. Thank you, MK, because otherwise I'd feel like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> I can't keep up with all the cryptocurrencies. No, I mean, like it's. No I haven't been able to since there's been a million of them, and now there's even more. So I, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with totally you. I'm glad they exist and that there's millions of them. But like for me to keep track of what matters and like with technological developments with a lot of the ones. You know, you can only what keep track of 10, 20 unless it's like your business. And it's not that's not right. entirely my business. You know, Wait, there's like a Dunbar number for cryptocurrencies that you be. can pay attention yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> right. I feel like <laughs> so uh, I'm just thinking of like what would be the Pornhub title of this, you know, like <laughs> yeah, right. virgin cryptocurrency gets pumped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed. Honestly, like real quick, I'm amazed they didn't come out with their own. Like they, they've got enough. Yeah, um, that would have made a lot have of sense. stroke. To, yeah. you know to, <laughs> to pull off their own cryptocurrency in my opinion i don't know you know they could. why not yeah so um let's read a little bit here um verge is a rebranded version of dogecoin dark which <laughs> wait there's, there was a dogecoin dark hold on this is amazing i know right we I really like, have been out of it for too long yeah Damn, i'm like way behind <laughs> Okay, Dogecoin. I know Dogecoin. I yeah. didn't know there was Dogecoin Dark. And now Verge is Dogecoin Dark rebranded. Okay, got it. Yeah, Jesus so, Christ. all right, so here's the thing. Like, even if I knew about Verge, I wouldn't give a shit about it. And I'll tell you why. Because, like, with Dogecoin, I don't know what's real. I had millions of Dogecoin. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> I was a Dogecoin millionaire. See, that's the thing. As far as the amount of Dogecoin. Right, as far as, like, yeah. Not the number value. <laughs> the monetary value, yeah. I, I mean, this is the thing with Dogecoin. Like, I still, I, I now, boy, I'm, I'm really putting myself out there. I still don't know about that fucking bobsled team. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you remember this? Absolutely. I remember we talked about it on Sex and Science Hour season yeah. one, and we got so much shit from the Doge community, but I still don't know if they were just yeah, trolling Doge, us. Yeah, Dogecoin claimed they supported a literal Jamaican bobsled team. I mean, Such it, skepticism. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, look, I grew up watching Cool Runnings over and over again. I know the deal of that movie. And so I just, I don't, I have no fucking clue. Any announcement that comes out about Dogecoin, like, I don't even know if Dogecoin Dark is real. Okay, and now I'm even wondering if this story is fucking real. It's on the verge, it's teetering on the verge of 
reality and fantasy. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, uh, Dogecoin Dark split off from the original meme coin, Dogecoin, in 2014. Now users can pay for any Pornhub features, including a premium subscription using Verge cryptocurrency. Pornhub's adult sister sites, Brazzers and Nuttaku, also accept Verge cryptocurrency now. Now, Brazzers, I could kind of see paying for Right. Because like this is they do like reality shows. They do. Hmm. They've really figured out how to like they've they they figured out the American Idol formula for (laughs) for porn. So I could see that people would spend money there. And now all I'm able to picture is (laughs) the the price of Verge coin skyrocketing and then a Brazzers thing on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, again, I can't believe they didn't, like, Brazzers could have come out with their own coin, you know? Brazzer coin would be amazing. That would be amazing. And and come up with, like, a clever, you know, uh, uh, security scheme instead of proof of work, you know? I mean, we we can all think of names instantaneously. Yeah, proof of pounding. I, I don't know, you know, proof of jerk. Proof, proof of jerk. Stroke. Yeah, proof of stroke. Yeah, instead of, instead of proof of stake, proof, proof of, of stroke. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they could have gotten really clever with this. They could have, hell, they could have sold, they could have literally sold like uh, uh, toys, you know, like sex toys that as you use them, you'd earn more coin. I yeah. think that'd be Holy phenomenal. Oh my God, I want to mine cryptocurrency. Wait a minute. Our, our, hold on, amazing. I'm going to edit this out. We're going, <laughs> we're running with this idea. Yeah, edit this out. This is good. <laughs> yeah, it's too good to tell, <laughs> tell the public. Someone might steal our idea. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... So Verge is getting this this coin. Verge is getting accepted across all their services. Uh, let, let's read a little bit more about it. Verge cryptocurrency is anonymity focused, which is why Pornhub executives say they chose it over other potential partners. It should be noted that anyone can view Verge cryptocurrency transactions through its public ledger, but it uses the anonymity tool Tor and an anonymous network layer I2P to hide specific transactions, IP addresses, and locations. Since public ledgers often have their downfalls in protecting anonymity. You Users also choose to hide on Verge's or Verge cryptocurrencies private ledger. Um, Should have used Zencash. <laughs> well, you know, th- this is you, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring that up too. actually not Zencash or Zcash something. The thing is, is that there are better privacy, privacy coins out there significantly. Right. And I don't know why they didn't go with Monero, honestly. Right. Because, yeah, it's so popular. And you can even like there's a lot of browsers that are now mining Monero to monetize their website. Yeah, you have CoinHive, which yeah, is Coin JavaScript that, yeah. can, that can mine using your spare computer resources that can mine Monero. Um, yeah, I'm kind of shocked. They didn't, right. Questionable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a problem with CoinHive. Like, I don't think that that's a, gr- a good model at all. And I've talked about that many times already because it doesn't solve the incentivization problems. You know, you're still going for clicks, which is the Internet's one of the Internet's biggest problems. Um, but I can understand why they didn't go with Zcash or Zencash or something like that, because to to use the anonymity features of that, not just transparent transactions that are that would be also in a public ledger, you need some pretty serious horsepower. And probably I don't know how many people are well, no, that's not true. Actually everybody that probably has more than eight gig of RAM on their computer is watching porn. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Don't mean to stereotype there, boys. But you need don't that hurt. power you can need the computing power to watch the porn, not to do your cryptocurrency transactions to that, pay for it. That's the thing. It's very hard to set up like the to to set up the resources as to where probably something like Verge, 
you know, you, you could run it on a red, yeah. you could run the client on a Raspberry Pi. That makes sense. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there was some dirty deal going on that was like, hey, if Pornhub, you know, accepts Verge, we'll give you like a shit ton of Verge. Like there was somebody, somebody got paid off there. Right. I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they said there was a little bit of a rise in the price, but it kind of, it had gone back down. Um, I, yeah. I, oh, wait, you mean there was like some tumescence in the <laughs> It got a rise and then it went back down. Uh, yeah, well, so so the 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 VP at uh, at Pornhub says his name last name's Price says that even though quote overall adoption is relatively low, speaking of Verge, we think it has gained enough steam for us to penetrate the market. End quote. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yes, he no, did. he didn't. <laughs> yes, he did. Market penetration. This is worth talking about for the jokes alone. I mean, really. <laughs> yes. uh, and then it goes on as regulators consider different ways of tackling the cryptocurrency industry. The company also has a legal team and accountants that have assured Price and his team, quote, in the legitimacy of the adoption, uh, saying that this or end quote, saying that this is all, you know, on the up and up and legit. And, 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 and it's apparently not a joke. Apparently, because again, I, anything related to Dogecoin, I just don't believe it. Right. So <laughs> that's why they had to rebrand it as Verge. Right. So Although I have to say, like, the logical conclusion of like Dogecoin would be the spinoff of a coin that Pornhub uses. Yeah, yeah right. You know, that's, that's a great point. That's yeah. True. <laughs> it's really so, come full circle. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, all right. So. How do we feel about this? Stephanie, we'll start with you on this one. Um, so speaking of things from like 2014, I mean, I remember back in 2014, there being a lot of talk about like cryptocurrency payments for the porn industry. For sex workers, certainly. Yeah, for for like all types of, but especially for online um, porn and, and also things like camming, which it sounds like, I don't yeah, know. Cams, but, yeah. Yeah, but like, I don't know if Pornhub really has cams, but like, it sounds like they have amateurs. So that yeah, might, they kind of have cam girls. They do. You, you, could, you could do that there. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I remember that being talked about a lot, but it wasn't really a thing except on, like, the Reddit, like, Girls Gone Bitcoin or whatever. And that wasn't really, like, camming. That was more like posting pictures. And then right. they would, you would post a bit Bitcoin address and people would send Bitcoin or to your address. So I, I it's taken four years, but Pornhub has finally, um, good, you know, jumped on board the cryptocurrency train. It's, it's a bizarre world we live in, you know. Um, <laughs> I still don't understand what people are paying for, but... Okay, good for them. I mean, it sounds like kind of a a win-win, I guess, for everyone. I mean, I think it's good. Yeah, MK, what do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I've I'm wondering why it's taken them so long to take a cryptocurrency, especially I guess yeah. a privacy-based one. That's right, especially it, when the like the credit card payments are so shitty for them. They can't get like yeah. adult performers and like companies like that, they have lots of trouble getting bank accounts, keeping bank accounts, accepting credit card payments. It, they can't take PayPal like well, it's against all well, these terms of service. So, real quick, I mean, in defense of the porn industry, um I have some history with it and uh, they they do like the legality of cryptocurrencies has been very much in question for many years and mm-hmm. they are always on th- porn companies are always on thin ice mm. legally. And I think they were probably like, oh, let's wait till the dust settles on, you know, what exa- can we actually take? Crypto yeah, well, that not? makes a ton of sense. Um, and yeah. just I think in the past, actually in 2018, has the dust finally settled? I'm not saying it's good either, based upon what uh, you know, some orange. Oh guy, no, but it's gone uh, mainstream. Did. But yeah, yeah. so mainstream. so I could kind of see that. But at the same time, I also understand the point. What the hell took so long, right? Like 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 why why weren't they doing it anyway? But I think that's probably part of the reason. But MK, yeah, please continue. That's yeah. a really good point, and I think 
you guys talked about that uh, at the Chicago event too with Let's Talk Bitcoin, like how five years ago when uh, we were all kind of getting into cryptocurrency, it still felt very uncertain. We were like, is this going to be illegal? Like it was all very questionably legal and you weren't sure if you wanted to tell a lot of people that you were right. using it and stuff like that. And so now it's become a little bit more uh I wouldn't say it's quite normalized, but it's become it's not seen as the sketchiest thing ever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. I don't know about the, you know, how good the privacy on this coin is, but it also makes sense that you'd want to use something that has good privacy standards so that, uh, you know, the users could be protected. And mm. as far as what you would pay for with it, I mean, maybe premium subscriptions where you're not getting as many ads or things like that. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know, uh, again, all the other features of Pornhub, but that's just something that would, you know, that springs to mind. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that, MK, because, like, I just feel like the the same thing hasn't happened with porn, right? Like, cryptocurrency has become more legitimate. If, if you were into it back yeah. in 2012 or 13, you were like, oh, my God, am I breaking the law? Like, is it going to be, am I going to like, be, it like... it totally felt like a drug deal when I was buying, like, Bitcoin. <laughs> oh, every time. Ago, every time, like, yeah. You'd go to, like, some sketchy 7-Eleven like... or, like, meet <laughs> someone on local Bitcoins. Yeah, that was the sketchiest thing ever. I totally felt like that, too. And, <laughs> and now it's like everybody uses cryptocurrency and it's like no big thing, you know, and it's just like totally legit. But like, you know, everybody watches porn too, but they just don't want to admit it. And it's still seen as like, you know, like sketchy to admit that you watch porn. Well, yeah, it is kind of weird because while it's always been a bit taboo to talk about financial stuff, it's been even more taboo to talk about sex in yeah. the current culture. Yeah. So yeah, it does make sense. And I mean, I'm glad to see Pornhub getting on board with uh, cryptocurrency. And even though it's with a coin I've never really heard of, I mean, right. I think that may open the door to a lot of other, um, you know, opportunities here, too. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it sounds like you're both very favorable, obviously, of it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, again, I wish they would go with something a little more serious. I still don't feel like Verge is that serious, but um you know, I well, want to know who, how they convince them, and like I, I'd like to know who's working for Verge. Who's yeah. able to? Because uh, I, I would imagine people have been trying to talk them into taking Bitcoin for a very long time. Yeah. With how evangelical the Bitcoiners are, yeah. um, I am pretty sure Pornhub has been a target for years. You know, I this... think it. I think it has. I remember hearing like some fake announcements that like they were going to start accepting cryptocurrency, but it never happened or mm. something like that. So like, yeah, wouldn't it be funny if like all the Bitcoin evangelists kind of warmed them up or like got them in the mood to like take Verge, and that was like what they ended <laughs> up with. You know, ironically, I could see where some of the other privacy coins may not actually have been very favorable. Like if they were approached, like I could, I could see where some of them would say. um, no, you're, we're not going to, you know, we would appreciate if you didn't use our privacy coin mm -hmm. as your uh, transaction model or whatever, uh, because, I mean, you are kind of attaching yourself to, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little anecdotal story. Um, there is a project out there that could have had the opportunity, I'm not going to say how I know this, but they could have had the opportunity, and this is just in the past couple months, could have had the opportunity to get published in Playboy to talk about it. And this was a blockchain project. And because uh, Playboy is going to run a story about blockchains. And they said, no, they said, no, we, we're, we're going to pass on this one. And it's like, 
it's fucking Playboy. Like, like this is this is the New York Times. This is literally at the same level as the New York Times yeah. as far as readership. You're crazy if you don't want to get. And published they're doing some really excellent journalism. Uh, Honestly, and they like been the forever. writing yeah. and the writing has always been really good in Playboy. Like, yeah, regardless exactly. of the other content. I mean, I think that's. I don't know. I don't want to like bash the project too hard, but I mean, that just seems like insane to turn down Playboy. But what? I mean, I can understand. I mean, well. Again, I don't understand why the broader culture is so weirdly hung up about sex. So sex stuff negative, and, yeah. And yeah. so sex negative. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, like I can see why, I guess you wouldn't want that really awesome exposure. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, well, actually, maybe Verge was the bottom of the totem pole that would finally say yes. Or like that, that would be excited about it anyway. Mm. I mean, these are open source projects. You could run their own. I still yeah. think Pornhub should have fucking just did their own. Uh, there, there's no point to, to attaching with the, I mean, cause again, they are open source. You could copy any of them that you wanted, you know, hell you can make your right. own Zcash if you wanted to, you know, uh, Z porn. I mean, that would, that would have been awesome. Z porn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like I'm that. sure that URL wasn't taken <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I would have done that, but they, they went with verge. I don't know. Um, huh? I don't know how this is going to. I guess maybe in certain parts of the world, I could see this being very exciting because it does run through Tor and I2P and everything. Um, in America, I don't know. There, there's already, they already do so much. A lot of porn companies already do so much to hide the fact that you're paying for porn mm -hmm. that yeah. I can't see where this would be a major advantage. I can only see this being an advantage in an area where like, you know, you're region blocked or government blocked or something like that uh, hmm. to be yeah. able to, to see porn. So yeah, I you know, I think there's a user base out there that they've just finally started reaching. So kudos. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, anyway, you want to go on to another story? Yeah, sure. And this will fit right in with porn, actually. But uh, before we do, got to get to another sponsor here quick. In fact, I was just at their site. That site is CryptoCompare.com. And I was looking up, boy, what is Verge at right now? Right now it's at seven cents. It's up four percent. Hey, you know, browsers, <laughs> maybe the browsers.com, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there is. Well, anyway, but uh, if you want to keep track of all of the latest developments in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology and wallets and all this other stuff, you want to go to CryptoCompare.com. I keep the tab open at all times so I can quickly find out about Verge if I need to. And there's just a, a, a a dearth or a, I'm sorry, not a dearth, a deluge of information here available to me. And I am going to find out all about this fucking coin. Not that I watch porn and I really don't, but uh, not that I have a problem with it either. But uh, anyway, go to CryptoCompare.com, get your hookup. You want to keep track of what's going on in the crypto space. This is the place. So CryptoCompare.com. And I thank them for being such a longtime sponsor now of Sovereign Tech. Woo. Yeah, that's a useful website. Super useful. I mean, just tons of great stuff and, and no bullshit on the site either, which is really nice because some of these sites where you can keep an eye on the prices of everything, like there's just you get inundated with ridiculous ads and who knows what else. But everybody always make sure you're using your ad blockers. So, OK, um, by the way, <laughs> I wasn't on the I wasn't in the room when you guys were doing the read for the previous sponsor, our uh, Roberts and Roberts. But I yeah. just yeah, I just want to second that they're so awesome. Yeah, Maybe everybody yes. should go by some uh, stuff from them <laughs> maybe tim will start taking verge and <laughs> i don't know fat chance probably yeah, right. <laughs> I, yeah I don't know uh... <laughs> yeah well anyway um this is uh this is a an interesting story that has to do with porn that i think we'll get into and then maybe we can get into one other story after this um and 
and then I do want to talk about that, the Women in Comedy Festival that we went to. I, want, I mean, I already told everybody I thought it was awesome, but the two of you, I think, would have the more interesting takes on the matter. So, but uh, this story is from the, I'm reading from the Kansas City Star, uh, and just to verify that it wasn't a joke, I, it is also published in the New York Times and other places, even though the New York Times is kind of a joke itself, uh, but this, uh, this story is from April, also from April 17th, 2018, in in an exorcism course in Rome, priests are learning if Satan is to blame for porn. <laughs> so, um, what, who else would be obviously. to blame for it? Yeah, right? I, I mean, <laughs> like, come Satan's on. brought every great thing that we have in this world. Uh, you <laughs> thank know, you, I, Satan. Yes, thank you, Satan. Yeah, Satan is, <laughs> Satan is only Satan. like one letter off from Santa. I mean, so he right. brings he you brings so many gifts. presents. I mean, yeah. that, that, it's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So let's let's read a little bit of the story, then we'll comment on it. Everybody's just in your diet. So, <laughs> uh, did the devil just make you watch that porn? Priests meeting this week in Rome for an annual exorcism course will study, among other issues, whether demonic influences are at work in the, quote, widespread, end quote, use of pornography around the world, the Catholic News Agency reports. Now, Stanley, I'm breaking in for a second. Go, what do you got, MK? Go. I mean, like... <laughs> do they have the same concern about whether or not Satan is responsible for all the pedophilia in their church? I mean, like that seems like a more uh, sorry. Yeah, that I, I'm sorry. Definitely I seems like down. a more important problem. Yeah. I brought it way down, but like No, for you're real, speaking the truth. I feel you're like totally... one is worse of a thing than the other. Did yeah, Satan for real. create Verge coin? Now, now I'm wondering, you know, official coin, church, Satan. Anyway, so I didn't know priests had to do like continuing education. Well, of course, you got to exercise your exorcisms. Yeah. Well, the Catholic Church has for thousands of years gone through many uh continual. uh What do they call it? Like in, in corporate settings, continual improvement. Um, and yeah, I thought it was like continuing education kind of thing. Like, well, you know, like too. doctors and like therapists have to get like continuing education credits and they have to like prove that they get so many. Well, years. this story get gets better. If you... Yeah. yeah. I mean, certified exorcist. The yeah. world changes. Technology changes. They got to catch up. And so, well, let me read a little bit more. Here. You got to learn about cryptocurrencies and demons. Yeah. <laughs> Blaming pornography on Satan, however, does not absolve people from taking personal responsibility for their actions. The Reverend Pedro Barajon, a Spanish priest, told journalists in Rome on Monday, quote, does it come only from human causes, psychological, familial, social or cultural? Or is there more? Human sexuality in itself is a value, but when you use it poorly, you are creating harm for yourself and others, especially if it involves children, end quote. Well. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, I guess they kind of had to put that period on it, you know, say, yeah, we know. <laughs> what, what do you got, MK? Again, like the... the... The porn thing. I mean, it's just of all the things they're going to fixate on and like worry about. And, yeah. uh, <sighs> when there are actually like so children being harmed and it's like a rampant problem by, yes. by the Catholic Church, by, yeah. by the Catholic Church and yeah. the cover ups and stuff like that. Yeah. Reading on, he called pornography, quote, this modern cultural phenomenon of an evil that harms people, end quote. 
More than 250 priests, theologians, uh, psychologists, and criminologists from 51 countries have gathered for the week-long Vatican course, described as the only international lecture series of its kind, according to the BBC. Oh, I'm sure it's the only one of its kind. Sure. <laughs> this is the 13th conference, and Where the number of priests... But the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the number of priests participating has more than doubled since 2005. This year's in- agenda includes the rising practice of witchcraft in Africa, cults in Latin America, and learning how to tell the difference between psychological illness and demonic possession. These oh, are the gripping Jesus. problems of our world. That's witchcraft really in important. I mean, yeah, like all doctors should be trained on how to tell the difference between psychological illness and demonic possession, too. The devil's grip is growing stronger, priests have been warned. Demand for exorcism is the is devil's booming. grip ever growing weaker? Like, they have to sell tickets to these well, things, I mean, I don't say, they? They you know, need I, asses and chairs. I like. couldn't be happier. If, well, all right, first off, I'm an atheist. Maybe we should get this clear. I think people know my shtick, okay, uh, you know, that I say hail Satan and great Satan all the time. But I'm an atheist. Stephanie? I'm uh, I'm essentially wait. an atheist. Yeah, I mean, Whoa. like, what, what do you mean essentially? This wait, this is way more pressing news than. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I well, I used to call myself an atheist, and I think like my religious beliefs would be accurately described by that word. But there are a lot of like shitty, obnoxious um, a- atheists out there who are just like, you know, not really people I want to be associated with necessarily, even if I might agree with their theological beliefs. It's kind of like calling myself a libertarian, right? <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> it's a lot like that. Actually, a lot of libertarians. It's, yeah, it's okay. a lot like that. No, that's so, fair. Yep. Yeah, I understand that completely. Okay, uh, MK, what about you? Yeah, I would say the same as Stephanie. I've used the term atheist to describe my uh, non-religious beliefs for many years, but I'm pretty uh, turned off by some of the hardcore, uh, the anti-theists really, mm-hmm. are, are the ones that are the most obnoxious. It's like, I don't really, it's not going to be, I mean, like, I think religion is really destructive and, and damaging and awful and... America. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I hate it, but like, I also, you know, there's a lot of bullshit that the anti-theists do too, and I just kind of don't want to be associated with that. But I mean, yeah, generally speaking, I'm some version of like agnostic or atheist. I'm just sure. like, uh, I don't really... Fair. All right. So reading on with the story, the devil's grip is growing stronger. Priests have been warned. Demand for exorcisms is booming, which Vatican organizers blamed on declining interest in Christianity and the Internet, giving people easy access to the occult and Satan worship. Britain's The Telegraph reported. What are these tests? What do you feel like demands for exorcisms are increasing? What? How are they tracking that? <laughs> they're, they're like, people are like, shut up, take my money. I need to get this demon out of me. <laughs> And I don't like they're back ordered. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out like how how is I, I don't think it's any easier to get access to occult works or anything like this. Like, I, in fact, personally, I know I have to I'm paying out hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars to get my occult work scanned that I've collected over the years <laughs> and to get them on the Internet because they're not there. What the hell? Well, I guess. OK, I did just make it easier for people, but it's not out there <laughs> You're now. You're part of the problem, yeah, Brian. Right. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but, but before me, you know, no. Uh, I just wanted, like, I would love to attend one of these workshops, you know, just to see oh, yeah. how they're going about this. And because I love the way they try to legitimize it by being like, no, no, it's not just the priests. It's also like, you know, law enforcement and like some, you know, doctor, like therapists and like, like, <laughs> right. I guess, I guess 
Catholic law enforcement. Yeah, it, exactly. It's the religious, like, you know, like the most religious of those professions. And it has nothing to do with the actual like, pre- profession and everything to do with the religion. Wouldn't it be great if, like, cops, like, tried to do exorcisms on people instead of shooting them? I mean, I'm all for that. Like, if they could just exercise my demons instead of putting me in jail, like, I would totally... I'd be like, oh, it's coming out. I guess I'm free. I'm not guilty. Okay, see you later. evils? Am I free to go? Well, we'll get this. I love this This here. So, but apparently so many people are seeking help. They want exorcisms. That some priests are delivering prayers of liberation, one of the first steps in an exorcism, over the phone. Quote, there are priests who carry out exorcisms on their mobile phones. That's possible thanks to Jesus. And For quote, a small fee of Cardinal only three ninety nine ninety five. Will Amazon deliver an exorcism to your trunk? Well, like I mean, but are there I feel SMS like the fees? Like I don't like they need that. Yeah, yeah, Amazon, definitely. if they really want world domination, like they used to, you know, try to do, they need to get get up with Amazon. <laughs> I want to read a little more. So exorcism by cell phone worried some priests because people fighting satanic possession often must be physically restrained to keep them from hurting themselves during the exorcism process. Quote, priests pray with people on the phone to calm them down. But if you are not there, you cannot control the physical aspects. Um, God, it's like yoga teacher training. Like you have to be there in person. You can't do it over the you can't do it over the Internet. (laughs) So some exorcists say it is effective, whether it is orthodox or correct. They couldn't say. (laughs) <laughs> I sneezed. I sneezed. You know what that used to mean? That means a demon that was means leaving a demon you. Could- God bless you. God yeah. bless- <laughs> Jesus is here. <laughs> anyway. He's uh, in my trunk. <laughs> so the 89-year-old... <laughs> yeah. I got a text that he was delivered earlier today. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been getting kind of hot in that parking lot. I don't know if he's all right. <laughs> um. <laughs> if you're going to leave Jesus in your car, crack the windows, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the story goes on with ama- with very interesting little stories and tidbits, which we won't read. Uh, as far as like, how these things go. <laughs> I want to hear one of the stories no. about how it goes. They talk about some six foot two woman that they had to have six priests to hold her down and all this stuff. I mean, I, I holy don't know shit, that. she should be really in the WWE. Like, what is she doing? Right. Getting that know, demon right? removed? She <laughs> really should yeah. be in the wrestling. Don't ring. give her an exorcism. Give her a title belt. Yeah, exactly. Let her, yeah. exactly. Give her in the ring, man. Yeah. Uh, I hope that sneeze wasn't too loud on the on the uh, on the recording, no, but was, I got to leave it, it in because it was yeah. brilliant. Um, all right, so so all right, let's start with you, MK. I mean, do you think Satan is behind all this porn? Oh, of course he is, <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> He's behind all of the best and most wonderful things that bring us joy. And, Absolutely, uh, you know. <laughs> I just, I really just want to be part of one of those <laughs> seminars. Just, I want to know what they're talking about. Like, I just. Because I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I guess, I don't know. Like, I've seen the kind of videos where, like, the weird, I know it's not, this isn't a Catholic thing, but the whole, like, faith healing oh, yeah. bullshit thing. Putting and some I, oil on. Put yeah. some oil. Like, I, it all seems, it all looks the same. They put it on me. the head. It's like, man, wrong head. No, no sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, 
the the Catholic Church worrying about this of all the things in 2018 they could be worrying about it just kind of seems I don't know I don't know I, they believe this they believe this like if you actually believe this then the the world as it exists now must be very scary for you if you believe in demons because the demons are everywhere yeah right you know they're they're destabilizing everything apparently <laughs> and that must be uh, I don't know really scary for people who don't want things to change or move forward. God, yeah. yeah, I mean, how out of touch with reality do you have to be when you believe that, like, demons are the biggest problem? And, I mean, it's an awfully convenient excuse to blame all the things you're ashamed of on demons, right? Like, oh, the demons made me do it. Like, that's the oldest oh, sure. excuse in the fucking book. Like, take some response. How about, here's some psychology. Take some responsibility for your actions. Own it. If you watch porn, own it. Don't be ashamed of it. You know, it's not. It's nothing to be worried about. It's natural to, like, want to express your sexuality. If you think you're doing it in a healthy way that's all that matters you know well here's the thing i think personally i think that the anytime the catholic church actually takes any kind of action like this it's because they're cleaning their own house it's not because there's like a there's (laughs) like a problem that's a really good point yeah Yeah, it's it's all about them right you you look at any of the vatican councils council of trent you go down the the history of the catholic church and anytime they've had a major ecumenical council it's always been to clean up what's going on in the church itself. Even they'll say that it's about everybody else, that it's about the world. No, no, no. It's because, you know, and and what? I mean, they're they're probably, I can imagine the, the, you know, the the Vatican is tracking all the IP addresses and visits that all the priests are going to. It's like, oh, so our priests are going to Pornhub quite a bit, aren't they? Wait a minute. Why does, why does Padre have Verge? (laughs) (laughs) Priest gets exercised by two nuns, Brazzers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, go to Brazzers and type in nuns. You're in for a hell of a lesbian time. Let me assure you. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I think I think my opinion of what's really going on here. This is the Catholic Church. They've got a problem, you know. And isn't that hasn't that always been their thing? Projecting their weird perversions on everyone else. Absolutely. absolutely. Every time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. You're right on the money. Yeah. So uh, I mean, if Satan was behind porn, and if Satan were real, I would you know high five him. Say thank you. High you know? five, Satan. Yeah, I appreciate Satan's that. Satan's always in the behind, you know. You know, it's that best trick he did. He's behind everything. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and everyone. Just inserting himself into into everything <laughs> that well, is holy. But, uh, you know, all right, hold on. In defense of that, of, of, in defense of the big red horn guy, okay, he usually asks for consent as to where Jesus is just fucking everywhere, right? Yeah, and, like, that's true. I, Jesus I mean, is up at, all up in your marriage. Every and, Christian you know, marriage is is a threesome. Yeah. Every single one of them. They don't is. know if it's a triad. true. You're all in triads and then they give they give polyamorous people shit. Fuck that. <laughs> They're all poly with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And 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 yeah, well, I, I could go on and on with jokes about that, but I've been doing that for too many years. So do we want to move on from this or yeah. you got more? Yeah. <laughs> The jokes have been great tonight. I just have to say that. I, you've really picked some great articles. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> gave me a chance to talk about my dad. I mean, uh, about, uh, oh. about, yeah, about this funny story. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to another story. I do want to say quickly, though, that if you want other great content, sometimes even being joined uh, by, by people that are on air now, uh, 
become a sovereign tech patron just go to actually mk yeah you've been on patreon content in the past i remember that leah last time you were you were around um so yeah you can find more of all of us if you go to sovereigntech.com that's the patreon webpage and just a dollar a month though some people do significantly more and if you do significantly more i am so honored by that uh and you get access literally to hundreds if not thousands of hours of extra content and there's new content every week there's the wednesday q a there's uh there's the live hangout there's a relationship rhombus show there's a star wars update that i do with um uh, my co-host robin freebeard who is just one of the sweetest best guys on planet earth you got to hear that kind of action um and 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 also the star trek update there's all kinds of great stuff to check out so Head over to SovereignTech.com, become a patron, get access to... I mean, if you can handle hearing my voice more than two hours every week, I mean, I can't stand it. So, I, you know, I don't know if you can. But if you want to, just go to SovereignTech.com. So, all right, let's change it up, shall we? In fact, you know what? I'm going to pull something out of the hat here. Speaking of, like, listener questions, I usually do a... Well, that was a weird look. Yeah, we we were both looking at each other like, what's he going to pull out of his hat? We're excited. Yeah. I mean, there's no hair under that hat. So like, what is, you know, you can't really hide it. So I usually do, because like I mentioned for Patreon, there's the Wednesday Q&A where I take questions from patrons and I'll answer them, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, people pretend they care about what I think. And no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They really do want to know. I know that. So that's nice. But uh but I also get questions sent in for the main show where I'll do a Q&A sometimes. And so there is one that I got on my Sarah High. Actually, there's a bunch that I got on my Sarah High. And I hadn't checked it in months. And then I checked it and I go, holy shit, there's all this, there's all these comments here. How, how's, how's this one? I'm going to toss this one on you, Stephanie. Toss this, it on this, me, this, baby. This is the Sarah High. It's not really a question. It's more of a statement. <laughs> I had, this is the person, this is the person that messaged Sovereign Tech. I had a weird dream last night that I humped Stephanie with a strap-on pickle. I'm female. (laughs) Yes! Referencing me, (laughs) as in Brian, you were there too, but I don't remember what you were doing. And that's It wasn't, trust me, it wasn't important. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite all right. I am, I am... I am someone who knows you take the dick out of the picture, okay? And you don't worry but about it. But not the pickle. Well, apparently. Well, not, not the pickle, right. <laughs> Leave the pickle in there. <laughs> the dick's going to get taken. We talked about that when, when Ellen was on last and everything. I mean, you know, men are going to come. It doesn't matter. So anyway, but uh, but how do you feel about this, Stephanie? Are you are you insulted? Do you feel like Satan must have possessed this person? I love it. And suddenly I'm craving pickles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, I love strap-on sex and I love pickles. So, I mean, just saying, I think it's great. It's a win-win situation. It sure is. <laughs> it sure is. I'm trying to picture this, like like a, a pickle. I mean... I can picture it. Yeah? Like, pickle dick! Yeah. Like, what about the... <laughs> what, what, what about the fermentation? Like, would there be any... Well, it's not literally a pickle that you can eat. It's like a pickle-shaped dildo. Oh, oh, so you that, at least that be was my interpretation it. of it. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I that's, like that could get interesting pickle. too. <laughs> right? Yeah, a little yeah, pickle you know. would be funny, and like you could kind it's of a little soft though, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean, it is some like if it's a kosher pickle, kosher dills are very crisp. That's yes. true. Yeah. That's true. The kind and that you kosher. refrigerate, yeah, yeah. So God's that's all right the only with it. kind, yeah. Of course. Tell you what, go, keep keep talking, you two. I'll be right back. Go ahead, talk talk about <laughs> whatever you want to talk about. Have you ever seen a pickle shaped uh, dildo? I don't think I've ever seen a pickle shaped dildo. I've never seen one that's shaped like a food. I've seen them shaped like all kinds of 
like attempts at like Caucasian penises, and I've seen them shaped at like it, it, like. But it would be kind of great though, because it would it, you know it could have little bumps or something. It'd have some texture to it. You, you know, know, I was thinking be, that exact same thing that it would actually really probably nice. feel really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bumpy uh, for her pleasure. Yeah, that's pickled right. for her pleasure. <laughs> pickled for her. <laughs> and if it was a strap, like you know, a lot of people who use strap-ons don't want something that looks like a penis. Like sometimes they do want something that looks like a realistic penis, but sometimes they want something that looks nothing like a realistic penis. Yeah, that's. I would say that's kind of my preference. I want. Oh <laughs> like yeah, weird and alien you want like an like, alien nah, dick like, for an sure. Alien dick, like I don't know. I I don't need it to be super realistic. <laughs> I agree. I I think I think you might as well just run with the fantasy, right? Like you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be strapping one on, you can be anything you want, and it doesn't have to be limited to like the human male Caucasian form. Yeah, if it feels good, it feels good. <laughs> yeah, and a pickle would feel good. Okay, a pickle would feel good, I think. Yeah, talk about oh, yeah. getting into a pickle, man. The pickle's getting into <laughs> pickle's me. Getting into <laughs> what, what, what about a cucumber, though? Right? Like cucumber's I'm my back. favorite fruit. Yeah favorite fruit yeah. i eat cucumbers every day i love them so this person clearly maybe knows me or something or has like a sense. They, they either know me too well or they have a great intuition about things that i would would enjoy but you know i well we were saying like some strap-ons are very unrealistic i think that's very cool and i i think it would be really fun to um have strap-on sex with someone wearing a pickle dick yeah all right. I'd try it. I would definitely try it. <laughs> so you're honored. Pass the mustard. <laughs> that, 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 that. I am honored, yes. All right. I mean, that pass the mustard says it all. And the lube. So <laughs> So anyway, I just, there, there's there's a bunch of other ones, but uh, that was like the most fun. That takes uh, the cake. Well, yeah, that, that's I love great. that. That's that was great. great. <laughs> so we get a lot of shit like that, honestly. But Well, you never tell me about it well, until it's too late. Sometimes it's, I don't know, you know. It is what it is, but anyway. <laughs> what else do we get that's like that? Uh, I don't have them in like in my sheet. I don't have them written down. You mean people have sexual fantasies about us and they tell us about it anonymously? For, like, I'm shocked. We I'm get, totally shocked. Yeah, it's, it's you mean crazy. your listeners are a bunch of perverts? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> I can't imagine how that happened. I can't imagine how. Yeah. I mean, on, on a normal episode, there's just people moaning like every 10 minutes. Uh, you know, I, I don't see how there could possibly be. Any... I guess it's because the hosts are a bunch of perverts. That so could be. Like a trash that line. could be. But at the same time, we get called the future. So, hey. So, wait, somebody just offers us like, hey, why don't we become a triad? Like, that's a little yeah, bit. That's like emails. that's like proposing marriage. Like, that's very serious. That's I know. Like, that's like sending us a fucking wedding ring in the mail. I think I got without I think I got us ever seeing a picture and, and of them. I was half tempted on Twitter to say, look, like, I, I get it. And some of these are really nice. Others are creepy. But please, like, stop. <laughs> my, my heart is well well is well spread Aww. <laughs> you know so but uh <laughs> um anyway you know on that note there was a couple there, there's a couple stories all right tell you what there's a couple stories here that we can talk about we've got about 20 minutes left okay so we'll we'll let you choose we'll let the ladies choose here okay so the first one is what to do when your husband husband is more into gaming than sex okay that's story one the other story is why it doesn't pay to be just nice. You also need to be intelligent. Which of those two would you like to run with? 
MK, do you have a preference? I think they could both be good. But. Ah, yeah, either one I, would be dynamite. Good. I think I kind of like the first one. Yeah, the husband. The husband gaming? Yeah, the Just because I husband. have a reputation to live up to for bashing men on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> totally You're more fair. than welcome to do so here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, all right, then. See, here- Brian is such a good sport. He doesn't take it personally. He doesn't get all hurt. Like, oh, not all men. Yeah, it's well, almost like you know I'm not talking about you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing, and, I, it, and thank you. It, like, uh, this is the thing. Like, I, I it, speaking of Christians, okay, there are Christians who don't believe in the concept of hell, right? I mean, there really are, and and they think everybody's going to go to heaven or something. I, I forget what exactly what term they. Have. It's not universalist, but it's something like that. Um, if I'm talking, if I'm picking on Christians because the concept of hell is just like the worst idea ever and the most unethical and atrocious thing to ever share with a kid or something like that. If you're a Christian that doesn't believe in hell, but I'm just using the term Christian broadly, obviously I'm not fucking talking about you. So you emailing me and saying, well, I don't believe in hell. Well, great. Then I wasn't talking about you. Like, like deal with it. Just like if you're a guy and you're not a fucking asshole, awesome i'm not talking about you you know and if you need to ask somebody if you're not an asshole or if you need some kind of vindication well then you might be an asshole but (laughs) (laughs) so sorry ask somebody yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway um all right so let's go into this story uh life hack this is from life hacker of all things so i'm sure it's going to have a very even bent Uh, (laughs) but uh, uh what to do when your husband is more into gaming than sex and this is this story is actually from just this week in april 2018 this week we have a newlywed woman whose husband plays way too many video games and it's affecting their sex life game over (laughs) some... <laughs> yes, game over. That's it. <laughs> Just right out, game over. Finish him. Oh, oh. Mortal Kombat reference. Now we're talking. Woo. Yeah, I mean, and and honestly, like, yeah. Wow, that's great. Okay, yeah, that's all I got. Uh, let's see. Some or uh, let's let's read the story here. Note: I'm not a therapist. Blah blah blah. The person writing for uh, for for Life Hacker. So let's read from the wife. How about that? Yeah. Hi, Patrick. Patrick is the guy that's giving me uh, gaming advice. Poor wife. She probably needs someone to listen to her. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Because her fucking husband's not doing it. (laughs) Here we go. Hi, Patrick. My husband and I have been married for six months, but the last two months has been miserable. My husband is a gamer. This is a non-issue for me. I respect his hobbies and has completely put our marriage and by extension me as a lower priority than gaming with his buddies. He always games with his longtime gaming friends, often taking up nights from 8 p.m. to long past I've fallen asleep. I would ask him to spend time with me during this time, but that would often lead to fights and him telling me I never let him have fun or enjoy doing things he likes. Ouch. Is he 12? Right. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, like, wait a minute. You're not having sex. That's not something you like doing. Right. Yeah. Does he like being with her at all? (laughs) Like... I'll keep reading. Whenever he is gaming, he is short, curt, and very rude to me. I want him to have fun, but I also want to be respected and to be a priority. I no longer ask him to spend time with me or ask him if he wants to do things. I tell him what I am doing and leave the door open. However, sex has all but stopped and we might and we fight about it. Up until two months ago, we were having sex four to five, sometimes every day of the week in some manner, but now I am feeling unfulfilled in that realm. He says that he finds sex, quote unquote, dull now but couldn't give me any ideas on how to change or improve it he then said i don't initiate enough 
When I pointed out that, uh, that when I do, he always has an excuse or turns me down. Um, he always gets mad or upset with his uh, instinct and or he always gets mad or upset and his instinct is to push me away. When the prospect of gaming with his buddies comes around, I am suddenly pushed away and am seen as an annoyance. I don't know what to do. He does not want to see a doctor for depression and refuses to go to a therapist to talk this out. He rarely opens up to me as it is when he is upset. I want my marriage to be a success, but ugh, please. So Wow. Please is right. Um, in the words of Dan Savage, dump the motherfucker already. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, okay, marriage is hard work and all of that. And I mean, I'm not the hugest fan of marriage, but if you're in a committed relationship with someone, it takes effort on both sides. And if you're un, if you've gotten to a point where you, it's so contentious and you're unwilling to get help and see a professional therapist, then that just shows a huge lack of any kind of effort and sure. any kind of concern about the relationship. And that's just sad. And, and it, quite frankly, it's bullshit because it can't be a one-sided thing where everyone is, where one person is putting in all of the effort. Absolutely. Know. I agree with you. I mean, it's, it sounded from that letter, like the wife was trying all different kinds of ideas and all different kinds of things to try to fix the situation. And her husband is just giving her, nothing like all he wants to do is escape by playing video games with his friends and he's not listening to her he's not like trying to do anything to improve he's not taking her suggestions he's not giving her suggestions like she it sounded like she tried to talk to him about like they that they weren't having sex and she said like is there anything i can do to make this better and he didn't give her anything yeah, and maybe he actually is depressed or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe he is having some issues that he feels like he can't open up to her about. Um, that's definitely a possibility. But but he refuses to get he help for it. He refuses to get help, and that's always going to you know wreck a relationship. You I mean, know, if, if you get to that point and things are falling apart, and and if it's this bad to... six months into the marriage, like yeah, run, yikes! Well, this <laughs> is the weird thing for me, and I'm not. I'm I'm absolutely not blaming her, but like he didn't do this before. That's what I was kind yeah. of wondering because she yeah, it, it says longtime to... gaming friends. Mm. Like this yeah. is something he's been doing for a while. This isn't some new hobby he picked up. Um so I don't quite grasp how that started. You know, where 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 it became so much that they they're no longer having sex. Right. And right. she didn't say like how long were they dating or like together before they got married, but right. I don't know, it's hard to tell cuz some some people get married like really soon and then they find out things about their spouse and they wish they hadn't rushed into marriage so much. Some people date for a really long time before they get married, but then it's like, you know, different when you start living with someone or the marriage changes things, like they start taking each other for granted or whatever. Well, that's what I wonder if they didn't live together mm -hmm. at first. Yeah. And this is always didn't. one of the biggest, I mean, this, this can become an instantaneous problem in any relationship, marriage or otherwise, that if you don't really, if you're planning on going really long term <laughs> with a relationship um, and you haven't tried living together, you know, like you're going to find out there might be a whole other person there at different hours of the day, you know, yeah. for the guy and the gal. I mean, like, like that, that's just true across the board, in my opinion. Um, 
So like, I'm kind of wondering if that happened. So you're not, we're not getting like all the information that we need, you know, really to, to be able to say about it. But do you want to read what, what Lifehacker responded to him? Yeah. Or, or do you want what to hear their, that? What was their suggestion? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so this is coming from a guy. What was their life Patrick. hack? <laughs> this is, uh, he says, he's definitely taking your marriage for granted. Uh, he thinks he's crossed some imaginary checkpoint in your relationship and doesn't have to try anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you need I to make him that. understand that's not the case. However... You've also dug yourself into a bit of a hole here. You inadvertently made something else he loves out to be the enemy. You may respect his hobby to some extent, but in his mind, all of your complaints probably make him feel that you don't like uh, that he plays video games. He thinks you hate something that he feels is a part of who he is, something that allows him to spend time with friends he doesn't get to see in person anymore. There are probably several layers to his reluctancy to have sex, overindulgence of escapism, which I, my step, you know, me, me breaking in, I, that's bullshit. Uh, overindulgence and escapism. How's that even possible? I mean, I guess if you lose your Maybe job, he that's... gets so much dopamine hits from the gaming that he's like, yeah, I don't Maybe. need any sex. Um, yeah. It seems boring by comparison. But it's almost as if he's developed a grudge or is withholding sex as some kind of punishment. Like he's mad at you for trying to take his uh, toys away. No bueno. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, this goes into into some more length, but I mean, how do you feel about like that bit of assessment? Um, I mean, the wife said in her letter that she supports his gaming, and right. I I believed her. Like, I didn't have any reason to doubt what she said. Um, and I actually I think that on its own is is pretty good. Like, you know, there are a lot of married couples out there where the spouses don't support one another's hobbies. And that, you know, that can be a big problem. Yeah, it seems like she was supportive of, and clearly he's been gaming for a really long time. So I'm wondering if something else maybe has changed mm -hmm. within that two month period, too. That's, you know, she hasn't, maybe it's not just about the gaming. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's being used to escape something or. Did he or get a job or like or, has his job changed? Or? Did he lose his job maybe? Mm. Well, like, did, you know, like what? I'm wondering what other factors, I guess, are going on that he feels the need to use games to escape his life to such a degree where he's not even wanting to have sex. Because, I mean, that's a pretty huge mm. change from going to, you know, having like a fairly regular amount of sex every week to none at all for a couple months sure. yeah that's I mean, pretty drastic no i agree I'll, I'll lay out a bit of a possibility and I'll, I'll caveat it with i mean myself and i say this constantly on the show um i consider myself a gamer first and foremost anything like if i were to identify as something that i do that would be number one number two would be a uh uh, an armchair historian, then the number three would be a tech journalist, which is what I'm engaging in right now. But that's how important gaming is to me. You know, like, I mean, I, I can kind, I can kind of get it at the same time. Um, sorry, sex is like, you know, like so far above that. that it's, I mean, well, that doesn't surprise anybody. But uh, regardless, my point is that I, it doesn't say how long they've been in the relationship. If this is like a relationship that's been going on for a few years, I could almost believe that like games today and i mean games just in the past year not just world of warcraft or something like that but literal games in the past year sea of thieves PUBG. i mean there's a whole slew of these ones they really become a lifestyle like i mean they they these games by design and i don't just mean like dopamine hits like like you know how they program diablo 3 to play like a las vegas slot machine or something okay by design like they are immersive that that's yeah. the point. Not so much that this dopamine hits, but that they're immersive. 
and they really can take over your life. You know, like I remember when I first started, this was years and years ago when I was playing World of Warcraft and I got to the point after a couple months, I said, wait a minute, I can't press pause on this. This isn't good. Like, I don't, I don't like not having that control. And that's a real problem with game. In my opinion, that's why I like retro games a lot more than I like newer games, because you have control over the game. And as to where now, in a, I, I don't think it's unfair to say a lot of these games really can take control of you. Mm. I mean, because again, they're, 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 um, What's the term I'm looking for? Persistent. Like they, they are nonstop. The games don't stop when you turn off your computer or your console or something. The games are still going on. So you're thinking about it. Whoa, what's happening now? You know, it can really take over your life. So, I mean, I think if you fall into that and you lose touch with reality in that way, I think there's depression or some other kind of mental conditions going on, certainly. But I could definitely see where maybe there was that change. And he just picked up, I don't know, he picked up PUBG or something, one of these really immersive games that are out now in the past year and suddenly shit, you know, like he doesn't care about anything else because they're designed to affect you in that way. Yeah, I was wondering about that, too, because I've I've read a lot about that. And yeah, there is a somewhat addictive nature to a lot of these things. And yeah, yeah, you know, I. I believe you can have something like a video game addiction and so it's just like you can be addicted to anything though right. like social media is structured in a very similar way it's meant to be a very kind of sometimes immersive experience and something that uh, specifically feeds those things in your brain and it's very insidious you. social media is very insidious in that way yeah, yeah more yeah. so and than I mean, anything else yeah yeah it can really like draw you in and kind of trap you there for hours and you can lose track of time and you know it can be become this fix that you need to get you know all yeah. the time and well, so it it's it's possible i mean like addiction maybe maybe that's like a strong word for it infatuation maybe um but yeah maybe you started playing a new game and it's just particularly like he's particularly infatuated with it and he can't pull away from it but again that means that i mean if it's starting to destroy your marriage and destroy yeah. other relationships in your life then that's a problem and you need to address it at least or at least you know admit there's a problem in some mm. kind of way and yeah i think a great point I'm bringing up social media too, because social media and gaming, like the kind of gaming I was just describing can really create an alternate life, like, like a fantasy yes. life that you, that, that can be very real, that has very real responses, uh, that you can pick up on and that, you know, whatever you, you, you get. Um, and I guess that leads me to if, I mean, my, my my suggestion to the wife is the same that you made, Stephanie. Just get rid of the guy, you know. <laughs> like, is that, was I mean, that pretty much what you said? Like, I said that kind of funny, but like, it it really does seem like pretty bleak. Like, you know, there's not much hope. But like, then again, like if I was married to someone, I probably would have a really hard time giving up after just two months of that. Like, I'd be yeah. really, I'd be really hurt and like really like at my wits end and despairing about what to do. But I don't think I would, I, I don't think I would divorce him after t- two months of that. I think I would probably keep trying more. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if, if there are other like personality issues he may have or so like, is this like a, a symptom of stuff that's always been there? Have there been mm. other issues? Like what is, is this the tipping point of something that's been going on for a much longer time? Cause yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say two months is long enough to like decide to get a divorce from someone. If you'd been in like a loving relationship up until that time you might want to give them a little more time but if it's something that's been more ongoing in other areas for example then yeah i mean yeah evaluate that 
Yeah, I mean, like, if the issue's escapism, I mean, you can turn a sex life into, hell, you can turn your whole life into a little fantasy world. And if you really care oh, about this sure. person, mm-hmm. go ahead and do that. I mean, I just, I don't like recommending that because, like, that's saying to the woman, oh, you need to get to work. Like, you need to change something. Yeah, and you she's know? already doing all the work in yeah, the situation. Yeah. And, and I don't yeah. like saying that. But, yeah. like, if one wanted to save the relationship... That's like if it were me in that place, that's what I'd do is mm-hmm. I would I would turn the sex life into a fantasy life, you know, where you're acting out as cave people or some kind of crazy shit or Star Trek, you know. At the same time, like, I just can't imagine that, like, Brian, you said you identify as a gamer. It's a big yeah. part. And I know it is a big part of who I'm you wearing are. a Super Metroid shirt right now. <laughs> yes. And like you and I enjoy playing video games Fuck together. Yeah. We play all different kinds of games. But yeah. like. It doesn't stop us from having sex. Like you would, I would never like expect that you would rather play a video game than have sex with me. Like I know that would pretty much never happen. Yeah, yeah, no. Unless you were like physically, <laughs> unless your dick was injured or something, or like, That's not or even if it was, like you probably would still want to have sex with me and oh, just not yeah, use because your sex dick. isn't all about PIV. So <laughs> right. right, yeah. So, yeah, like I just it's really hard for me to imagine like a loving like being in a situation like that where your partner would rather play a video game than than have sex with you. Like, that's really hurtful. Yeah, absolutely. I really understand why she's so upset. And I don't think like that a really solid, you know, like I, I think that's a that's a huge problem. Yeah. A huge problem. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on there. Uh, MK, I mean, what do you recommend? Just dump the guy? What do you... <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know the person's situation personally. I mean... If it was you... If it was me and I saw that, like, drastic change in behavior, I put up with a lot less shit now than ever before. So, yeah, right. I would, and I would never get married again. But, uh, but yeah, if I was in a situation where there was that drastic switch, I would be like, okay, well, it doesn't seem like you're that into me. So, you're yeah. more into the video games. Have fun. Get your kicks off. And that way, uh, I'll go... <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> there are plenty of people I can have sex with. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. want to have sex with me. You know, like, it's... It, because that, that does seem to be a pretty serious concern for her, you know, yeah. and that's it's good to have like a healthy sexual relationship that really helps someone's self-esteem. And like if you just take that away from them and I mean, no one's entitled to sex or anything like that. Like he should, you know, she shouldn't be forcing him to have sex, whatever. But like that is a part of a healthy relationship. Sure. You know, especially if it was already established that you had a healthy sex life before and then you all of a sudden just that changes. I mean, that's that's a pretty big red flag. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if he's if he's unwilling to get therapy, Um. you know, after a certain amount of time, then it's just he's unwilling to get help. So yeah. it can't continue to negatively impact your life in that way. And now that I think about it, kind of based off of what you were saying, actually about me, Stephanie, um, like I so I don't expect everybody to be in games the way that I'm into them but also at the same time like if there's people I want to spend time with like I I'd like to convince them of why I think these are so great and I'll go through all the steps and the motions to and buy the equipment and whatever else to make it exciting for the person that doesn't get it yet you know um like I bought a bunch of arcade controllers and oh, hey, you know, everybody so cool. want to rock it out. We well, should probably review those on the show. I, I'll do yeah. it at some point. Okay. Yeah, um, I'll, I would like to do that. With but you. that's the thing is that like like I do what it takes to say, hey, you want to give this a shot, and then next thing you know, the people are playing with you, and and that's the thing. Like he could put forward the effort of trying to bring her into his world. Yes, and that's he's a not. Point. Yeah, and yeah. so that's he's why he's trying to get away from her. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's really what it feels like here. Um, 
because a gamer, I, like I really, if you really know gaming and if you're a knowledgeable person, I think you convince just about you can convince just about any other human being to have a good time with you playing games. So anyway, uh, any other thoughts on this that anyone well, wants to put out there? It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do we want to talk about the Women in Comedy Festival? For a little bit, or do we want to wrap it up? It is getting pretty late, yeah. um, and we did do a review of it on Icono Sash. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, you did. All right, so they can go and listen to that. Yeah. Right? Okay, so I totally recommend that. What you want to do is you want to go to this URL. I can't imagine what kind of person would come up with this URL, but go to mkwasright.site, and, <laughs> and that will, that'll take you right to Iconosass. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, Stephanie and I just did an episode about the Women in Comedy Festival, and uh, also it was it was before the Chicago event, so we were kind of talking about that, and we titled it Iconosash because it's a crossover episode, and we're going to be using that title for future uh, anything that we do together. Any, anything we all do together, when, when, if it's Sex and Science Hour and Icona Sash. Sure. When we're all in the same room, it's Icona Sash now. I love that. That's so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, and by the way, there are going to be new episodes of Sex and Science Hour, in case anybody has been wondering about that. And there's yes. a lot of cross-pollination with audiences here. Um, but anyway, okay. Oh, there's pollen flying all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. So it's a mess. <laughs> it's getting in my face. <laughs> Brazzers. <laughs> Brazzers. <laughs> That's going to be a new thing. I'm just going to come out and say that out of nowhere. Just yeah. Brazzers. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much, both of you, for being on the show. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. It's always tons yeah, of fun to have you on, Yeah, that was super fun. So fun. Yeah. I always have a blast coming on here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, cool. There will be more. Yeah. So uh, if people want to find you, where's the best place for people to find you, MK? So yeah, I'm on Patreon. If you look up MK Lords, you go to patreon.com slash MK Lords. Uh, Iconosass is my podcast. Uh, you can get the super secret episodes, the Lavish Mouth Noise remixes on Patreon. Which I love. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, I just, I, and I've just, I've, I got an, I got one coming out soon, and I just released a couple really good ones. And then I'm also on SoundCloud too, and then iTunes and Stitcher. You can uh, find Icon Assassin on there. And you're on on Twitter. You're pretty active I'm on, on twi Twitter. Yeah, at MK Lords. At MK Lords. That'll where be in you the show get, notes. Uh, all my sassiness, full sassiness on Twitter. <laughs> She's a sassy bun, folks. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. You know, uh, now hold on. Now I, I want to take a little credit here, but I came up with lavish mouth noises. The term, right? Like I'm pretty sure that was me. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, at some point, I, I think I was reviewing one of your episodes, and I said it was like the, these lavish mouth noises that came out. <laughs> yes, of yes. I think that was me, but anyway, not that I need the credit. I don't need a pat on the back. But <laughs> <laughs> you can get a pat on the back. All right, I got a pat on the back, man. Not many guys get that around here. No. <laughs> so they're few right. and far between. That's we right. like to meet out the praise very, very uh, stingily. <laughs> yes, yes. It's... And of course, Stephanie, you can find well, Stephanie. You're on you're on the show often enough. You're you know yeah, I'm full a sovereign co tech co-host. That's right. Yeah. You have full title oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we mentioned Let's Talk Bitcoin. You can hear me on Let's Talk Bitcoin.com. Yeah, to hear that episode, that live episode from yeah. Chicago. You uh, want to be subscribed to the feed. There were some podcast feed issues with Let's Talk Bitcoin, but they've been fixed now as far yes, as I know. Those have been remedied. Yeah. So. And then also Sex and Science Hour, 
more, which we'll, we will be focusing on a, li- a little bit more <laughs> until sure. June. We've got a listener party coming up at Porkfest at Ooh. the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Use code TECH10 if you want to get a little discount on your tickets for that. Oh, that's right. Tech and the number 10. And uh, there's going to be a live Sovereign Tech there as well, which um, actually, MK, the, the last live Sovereign Tech I did, you were on for like the whole show. It was awesome. Yeah. That was brilliant. Oh, it was so uh, Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that'll be a great time. Both shows are going to be a great time there. Yeah. So definitely be there for that. And we'll get you to hang out with us. Yeah, we'll be right there. Who knows? Maybe you'll get to be behind the mic. Maybe you'll be behind it all like Satan, you know? (laughs) Or be behind the behind. Behind the behind, in the behind. Inserting yourself into all that is holy. Yeah, you'll get that, (laughs) you know, that level of penetration. That market penetration. penetration. All right, that's it. All right, yeah, we're done. uh, Of course, again, if you want to become a patron for Sovereign Tech, SovereignTech.com, I will see all of you on the other side. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution.